It is Free Talk Live. You can join us here. The toll-free number is 855-450-FREE, like freedom. That's 855-450-3733. We have the Discord on-air call-in line rooms over at discord.lrn.fm. Joining you in the studio tonight, it's Ian. Richie Rich. And Mark. All right. So I was up last night doing a little bit of uh, streaming, doing some testing and some tweaking. Uh, now that we are a uh, what they call a verified partner on DLive, I have made the switch to where our video streams, which have been on DLive and Twitch, and we're also on YouTube, uh, but it had been that Twitch was the highest resolution and then DLive and then YouTube. Now I've switched it to where DLive is in 720 uh, resolution, and so it's the highest resolution, and Twitch is now 480, so it is standard resolution. Uh, because they gave us a partner status, and, you know, that's that's pretty cool, I guess. Uh, so I was up doing a little bit of game streaming last night, and in the middle of it, uh, my roommate uh, Matt comes in, and he says that uh, Trump is on the DMZ, and uh, Kim Jong-un did come to meet him. Uh, last night on, on this program, we were talking about Trump's invitation, sort of this seemingly, uh, or at least so he claimed, spur of the moment, uh, invite where he sent a message. Actually, he he tweeted that he would like to meet Kim Jong Un at the DMZ between North and South Korea, and that uh, he would like to shake his hand. And that's all. Just you know, that was what the invitation was. Just come on out, shake my hand. The handshake heard around the world. I think it's great. I mean, I like it. And it happened. <laughs> and it happened. And I, you know, I was optimistic about it last night just because the the. The things that have been happening between these two people have been pretty interesting, you know, from a uh, from a world peace perspective, if nothing else. I think it's interesting that the people that hate Trump the most would like to see this sort of thing happen the most and that the people that. But they don't want to see Trump do it. Yeah. Well, right. That's the thing is is that you can really see how the personality politics gets involved here. If you would like to have seen Barack Obama shake Kim Jong Un's hand at the DMZ, but you're mad at Trump and don't and you're like, oh, Pooshaw, that he got this done. You're a partisan a-hole. Right. This is the definition of what a partisan a-hole would do. For sure. Trump has a hidden agenda. That's why. Right. What do you think that is? Oh, obviously the photo op, right? It's it's <laughs> it's not it's, a picture, right? That's that's all he asked for. He asked for a photo op to shake his hand. He didn't say we're going to negotiate. We're well, going to discuss they did. policy. They didn't have time. They for actually, that, really. no, no, they did. They sat down for an hour. Okay, great. But that's, that's not the negotiation. lead, right? That's the the lead is I've invited him to shake my hand in the well, DMZ. Well, yeah, that's what it had. That's what it took. Okay, right? like I think it's interesting because you've got this guy uh, Kim Jong Un who. You know, he's the su- supreme leader or whatever it is they call him over there. He's the dictator, basically, of, of, yeah. of North Korea. This person is not doing nice things generally. They're running prison camps. In fact, I've got an article about their prison camps as well because it's important to remind ourselves we are talking about uh, two men who are running criminal, violent organizations known as governments. So I think it's important to keep our, our libertarian perspectives on this, but at the same time, acknowledge that what donald trump has accomplished here by simply being friendly okay by by you know treating kim jong-un not as a monster but as another human being um that that he's made progress that no one else has made when it comes to this sort of hermit kingdom of north korea that has been cut off uh from basically interaction with most of the world 
Uh, there's sanctions on their country. Even if there weren't sanctions, they'd still be desperately poor. They begged for food uh, from other nations for you know decades. They went through starvation. I mean, there's, this has been amazing to actually watch this happen. And I gotta say, I had I felt somewhat emotional last night watching the watching this video. And and it's also somewhat conflicted. I, I made this comment on the live stream because we were watching it on our uh, Twitch and DLive live stream. So if you go back and you look at the archives, you can watch us kind of react to it uh, as it was happening at like 3 in the morning uh, Eastern time. So it was like in the afternoon over there. And uh, just, you know, feeling like conflicted, you know, because as a liberty-minded person, I don't like any presidents, right? Like, right. I don't I don't want to have, a, you know, a state. I don't want to have a coercive uh, government in my life or in anybody else's life. But I hope but, I judge everybody's action individually. Yeah. And so, um, you know, like, what do I think about Trump's life? I'm not Jesus. I don't have to judge him. Mm-hmm. But when I, um, you know, when he does something good, I want to say he does something, he did something good. good. And I want to make sure that I say he does right. something good because, you know, we spend a lot of time here tearing politicians, specifically presidents, apart. Sure. Okay, so from a liberty-minded perspective then, how did this handshake give us more freedom? It doesn't give you more freedom. Okay. <laughs> it doesn't give you more freedom, but uh, the fact that you're not being, uh, that you or your child isn't going to be... Uh, you know, drafted into some military campaign that is a point, a, yet another pointless waste of American lives. That's a positive, right? Okay. Like, you know, I don't look at it. I mean, you're not wrong about that, but I just kind of look at it from a global peace perspective of if this can actually help. Uh, mend whatever wounds there are between North and South Korea, if they can actually end the Korean War, which is still technically going on. Well, that's why there's a demilitarized zone right, right, right. down the middle. And that you know, last year when the the talks started between Trump and uh, the South Korean president and Kim Jong Un, uh, they they sort of came to an agreement to end the Korean War. Now it's not something that they're going to end overnight. It's been more than a year since their initial talks had happened, so we don't know how long this whole process is going to take. But some symbolic steps have been taken, and it's hard for me to you know to. Look at that and not completely acknowledge that, that, yes, this is a symbolic meeting, it's a symbolic gesture, but one that seems to have some weight to it and one that seems to matter. And further, uh, um, as a person who advocates for uh, sort of a porous, porous, porous borders for countries, mm-hmm. I want people from North Korea to be able to travel to South Korea. And vice versa. To yeah. live uh, better lives or whatever. And outside of Korea, because I'm sure yeah, not course. being trapped there is a bonus as well. Yeah, I mean, it'd be nice if they could travel to China, too. One of the biggest problems with uh, China, of course, is, you know, beyond the fact that they're communists and terrible for a lot of reasons, uh, is that they will return a North Korean escapee to North Korea. They are not helping people get out of that that hellhole. No. Uh, They are actually damning them to prison camp labor, impossible death, and the deaths of their families and or prison camp labor for their families. Because if you escape from North Korea... They will punish your family members. Yeah. They'll go and, you know, like kidnap your aunt and throw, you know, somebody who probably had nothing to do with anything. Yeah. Uh, but that's how they keep people afraid. That's how they keep people in place. They, you know, they know they could probably get out if they put the effort into it. But if they do get out and they don't get out with their whole family intact, then their family may end up going to, uh, you know, some sort of death camp. And so there's more about, you know, we can talk about the Korean uh, prison camps and all that. Because, again, it is important to keep perspective on all of this. However, uh, kudos to Donald Trump for extending this invitation 
And, you know, Kim, it's a big risk. No, what was the risk that Kim Jong Un wouldn't show up? Right. And it would if Kim Jong Un doesn't show up, then the uh, international press is just, just, I mean, like stamping their feet back and forth like a little kid who has to use the bathroom, like just waiting for the opportunity to go, ah, ha, 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 ha. you invited him and he didn't come because you're stupid. Right. Well, like, I don't think Trump cares about that stuff. Well, he does because yes, he does. part of the, part of the conversation they had that they caught, you know, on camera yeah. was him thanking Kim Jong Un for showing up specifically because if he didn't show up, he would have been lambasted in the in the US press. Trump doesn't care about being lambasted in the press. He's been lambasted the entire time since before he became president. That's not what motivates uh Donald Trump. He's not afraid of a bunch of negative press. So then what would spur that comment then? I like think that what? he's grateful because he okay. did get some positive press yeah. out of it. I mean, t- Trump wants positive press for sure, but I don't think he cares if people talk crap about him. I think you don't get to pre- you don't get to be Donald Trump and like be concerned with what a YouTube commenter says or what some you know CNN talking head says about you. Well, I think that Trump probably either does realize or would realize it, uh, relatively quickly that there's. There's not really much upside for him making peace with North Korea. Right, that's true. And this is one of the other things I pointed out last night while this was going on. was like, you know, Trump didn't have to do any of this. He didn't have to go and meet with Kim Jong-un. He didn't have to extend any kind of invitation uh, to have a conversation with him at any point. There's no benefit to Trump uh, for doing this beyond this, you know, this, you know, benefit of being able to say he did it. More coming up. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything that you want. Our toll-free number is 855-450-FREE. That's 855-450-3733. We have the Discord on-air call-in line rooms uh, over at discord.lrn.fm. Hop into one of those. You'll sound almost like you're sitting here in the studio with us. It's Ian. Richie Rich. And Mark. And for a long time, libertarians and liberty-minded folks have really wanted a great business directory. And they finally have it. In the form of liberty.menu, you can go if you are an individual who rejects the initiation of force and agrees to abide by the ethics of the non-aggression principle. So therefore, Donald Trump and Kim Jong-un do not count. Uh, they are not allowed to use liberty.menu. But if you do those, if you do uh, you know, adhere to the non-aggression principle as much as possible, then you should be over at liberty.menu. List your business. List your events that you're involved in. Maybe digital content uh, that you are the creator of. You can do all of those things. And there's a bit of a social networking aspect that allows you to connect and share with others on the site. And, of course, you can rate and review the entries that are there. Over at liberty.menu, it's free to use this site. So there's no, you know, if you want to pay, you can. There's upgrades available for your, for your listings. But just to get listings on the site, totally free. Liberty.menu, use code FTL. You'll get a Free Talk Live listener badge. Uh, so it wasn't even yesterday. It was actually 14 hours ago in the middle of the night, Eastern time in the afternoon uh, in North and South Korea. Donald Trump showed up. For a uh, meeting that may never have occurred, but it actually did occur, and I think it shows that there's progress being made between Kim Jong-un and Donald Trump, despite the stalled process that happened in February of this year. As you may recall, there was a meeting that happened in Vietnam uh, between these two. It was their second meeting. Didn't he uh, summit. Un execute somebody over that? That was the claim, but then that person showed up alive, or at least one of those people that was claimed to be executed showed up alive. It's so, executed in a figurative sense. 
it wasn't clear. Maybe some people did get executed. Maybe something was misreported, or who knows? There's, Fake news. There does <laughs> seem to be a bit of a discrepancy between the way the North Korean Central News Agency has been reporting on Trump and uh, and Kim's meetings, and Kim's sort of demeanor and his relatively jovial uh, sort of atmosphere that has. I mean, he, he when he walked up to Donald Trump. Trump got to the border at the DMZ. It was what we were watching it on video last night. Trump arrived at the actual line uh, first. And Kim sort of like almost rushed with a big smile on his face to, you know, rush up and, and meet and, and shake uh, Donald Trump's hand. To hang out with his powerful American friend? Yeah. Well, they. Dennis uh, Rodman didn't show up. No, Dennis wasn't there. But you've got to give Dennis Rodman some credit. I think I do. <laughs> he laid. I think he laid some important groundwork that uh, Trump took advantage of. The uh, most notorious uh, diplomat of our times. So I can't say anything else to that. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it was it was amazing and weird all at the same time. <laughs> yeah, it's when it's like Dennis Rodman is going to North Korea. Right. <laughs> well, again, it the goes North Koreans back. like basketball. Sure. And, and there are better basketball representatives than Dennis Rodman. Male. <laughs> yeah, but he is pretty cool, right? Like, Absolutely. You know, Dennis Rodman. Um, and so, well, Den- Dennis Rodman did something similar to what Trump did, is he treated Kim Jong-un like a like a human being. Right. Uh, instead of some sort of crazed monster. And I don't know, maybe Kim Jong-un is pretty monstrous, or maybe he's just doing what he's been told he has to do doing you know following in the footsteps of his father and his grandfather maybe that's what the u.s presidents have been doing up to this point too doing what they were told right they're just you know i mean it's unlikely that they thought that north korea is really very important so they're just like yeah you know whatever we'll just handle it. well they were important as the axis of evil remember george bush labeled them as the axis of evil along yeah, with I, Iran. I really honestly believe that george was told that uh, somebody said yeah, he was told this. that not mm-hmm. um you know that he is the yeah, deep the, state Somebody wrote that speech, right? And it probably wasn't George Bush. Uh, So Trump, according to, this is the BBC and the North Korean leader, uh, Kim Jong-un, posed for handshakes before talking for nearly an hour. In the heavily fortified, demilitarized zone, both countries agreed to set up teams to resume stalled nuclear talks. Their last summit broke down in February with no progress on denuclearization for North Korea. Critics have dismissed the occasion, the two leaders' third face-to-face encounter in just over a year as a political theater, and say North Korea still needs to show that it's serious in getting rid of its nuclear weapons. I'd like to see the critics go to the uh, demilitarized zone. I mean, Trump could have been shot and killed. He could have been, yeah. He crossed into North Korea like 30-something feet, as I understand it, and did not have anyone from the united states on his side now clearly he's got his agents on the other side Snipers and i'm sure the there's perch. probably a sniper somewhere or whatever but that doesn't mean they couldn't have sniped trump right these, right? these north koreans uh, don't care any you know they wouldn't care enough about their lives they'd be happy to do the sniping mm-hmm. in many cases these soldiers are uh, very much right this uh, has know, to be the least ho sure now this has to be and, and i think it's an important point here mark is this location uh had to be the least controlled of all of the mutual locations. Because, again, they've had two meetings prior to this. I think one was Singapore, the other Vietnam. Yep. And, obviously, in those places, Secret Service goes in well in advance. Yep. They set up a perimeter. They set up their guys, their snipers, their you know black cars, the you know, all whatever barriers they need. They get assistance from local police. They've got it locked down. 
they don't have anything locked down on the other side of the North Korean uh, demilitarized zone. Same they don't. Thing, yeah, same thing with uh, Kim Jong-un. He could have been sniped, That's too. true. And so, I mean, you know, he's brave. These critics, boot. You know what? They're, they're patent leather shoe licking sycophants. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know, they're, they're like, hey, Barack Obama and stuff. Well, Barack Obama didn't have the guts to do this, or at least not the foresight to do it. Yeah. Maybe he would have had the guts. I don't know. But he didn't. Do you think North Korea would have a better chance of of getting rid of their nuclear weapons if they're seen as friendly with the United States? That's the idea, is that Trump has basically proposed, now obviously we don't know exactly what they've said to each other because they have closed-door meetings, but uh, the, the claim is that Trump has proposed to Kim that, hey, look, you denuclearize, we get rid of the sanctions— you can then have international trade and you'll have more wealth than you could ever have imagined having. I think that's a true statement. And I think that probably what Trump's saying is, is hey, imagine uh, you know hotels along your coastline and imagine people coming here to visit and all the kind of money that's going to bring in. Then you're running a country that's wealthy rather than running a country full of you know, cart-pulling peasants. But having nuclear weapons prevents U.S. invasion. That's the claim. That's the well. That's that is a baseline, but it also prevents U.S. money from coming in in many cases too. But again, you know, like Mark just pointed out, if Kim Jong Un was worried about being eradicated, then he shouldn't have gone to meet Trump at the border. It's true, right? Um, And he did. So. Let me get a little bit more here. Critics, uh, according to the story here, in a meeting apparently arranged after Trump invited Kim on Twitter on Saturday. So short notice. I mean, we're talking about 24 hours, maybe? Yeah. Notice here? I mean, there are people put this together pretty quick. Right. Kim got the got on a train, or however it was he got because I've heard he's got an armored train car that he, he rides around in. So Sounds awesome. Kim got this notice. Put tractor tires on it and just take it anywhere. <laughs> uh, Trump was already kind of in town. He was in Japan at, at the time, so he was nearby. He was going to be in Seoul. And so he's like, yeah, come on down. Meet me. Let's have a handshake. If you got time, we can do more. And they did a little bit more. Turns out they sat down for an hour and, and talked and agreed to resume the uh, denuclearization nice. discussions. So, I mean, 850, there's plenty of things you can criticize Donald Trump on. This isn't one of them. I mean, he's done amazing historic work so. here. I'd like to hear otherwise. No other American president has done, period, with uh, the North Korean dictators. More coming up. It's free. Bitcoin.com has launched a trading platform at local.bitcoin.com, allowing you to buy or sell Bitcoin cash via dozens of payment methods like PayPal, Venmo, bank deposit, remittances, or meeting in person with cash. There are no ID requirements to sign up for and use the site, and all communications between buyers and sellers are encrypted. Finally, a global trading platform that respects your privacy. Visit local.bitcoin.com to get started trading Bitcoin cash. Local.bitcoin.com. Free Talk Live, you're invited. If you want to join us here, the toll-free number is 855-450-FREE, like freedom. That's 855-450-3733. And with you tonight, Ian here. Richie Rich. And Mark. Also, you can join us on our Discord call-in lines over on our Discord server, which is a free chat service uh, that allows you to interact with other Free Talk Live listeners and uh, basically around the clock. Plus, during our live show, you can call in via the on-air call-in line rooms that are there at the top of the list of channels. Go and check it out at discord.lrn.fm. Also, if you're ready to uh, make a purchase or sell some Bitcoin cash, get on over to local.bitcoin.com. It is the 
a new website, new as of like less than a month old. It started on the 4th of this month. And uh, so it's brand new. You know, they're, they're still fixing a few bugs here and there. They've been very responsive to user suggestions in their Telegram chat room. I've been monitoring that. I've actually made a couple suggestions as well. And it's an international website that allows you to use different payment methods, dozens of them, in fact. A few of them include PayPal, Venmo, bank deposits, remittances, cash in person, and more. And this, by the way, happened to launch right as one of their major competitors got rid of cash-in-person purchasing of Bitcoin. So now you can do cash-in-person with Bitcoin Cash purchases through local.bitcoin.com. That's local.bitcoin.com. Communications are encrypted between buyers and sellers, so you've got privacy with this website. And also the site itself does not hold your funds. Uh, Normally, you... When you create a – or when there's a sale created, you have to authorize an escrow. And then there is a contract, a smart contract that holds the funds. So it's actually even still not the site that's holding the funds at that point. And then once the sale's done, you release the, the funds from escrow to the buyer. Or if you're the, the, the buyer, you get the funds released uh, from escrow. And it's very, very sharp. It works very well. Check it out at local.bitcoin.com. As we continue, let's go to Thomas. He's in Florida. We're talking about the historic meeting uh, about 14 hours ago between Donald Trump and Kim Jong-un at the DMZ and actually across uh, the DMZ on both sides into uh, North and South Korea. Both men walked and uh, shook hands and had you know photographs taken. And then they sat down for an hour-long meeting, which was completely you know unprompted. We knew that there was a possibility it could happen. But anyway, Thomas, you're on Free Talk Live. Go ahead. All right, Mark has a small penis. Oh, okay. Well, that's maybe true, but I don't know. Uh, the toll-free <laughs> number here is 855-450-FREE. I dumped it anyway just because, you know, it wasn't worth keeping on the air. They said I had a small kitty? No, no, something else. He got else. cut off at the end there. I something, no, I didn't cut it. It, it went out, but okay. I ended up dumping it to, uh, to the radio audience oh, okay. just because it's probably not appropriate for radio. I didn't hear the whole word. My kitty's kind of obese. I mean, she's a <laughs> she's a little on the chubby side. I mean, not she's not like fat, but she's a little on the chubby side. It's amazing. That How she much can, does the kitty weigh? Not much, maybe twelve pounds, okay. fourteen pounds, something like that. But that's a little big for yeah for a female, for a small that, cat. But she can still catch the uh, the critters. Hey, um, you can join us. The toll-free number is 855-450-FREE. So I was playing the video for you guys while we were you know, on the break there just to show you because you hadn't seen it yet. Uh, the historic moment between Donald Trump and Kim Jong-un. This is some of the audio. and I believe CNN's microphones do, or whoever it is that was filming this, it's branded by CNN, but uh, the microphone does pick up some of the conversation between Trump and Kim as... Trump sort of just saunters on up, relaxed. There's no one around him, by the way. It's not like he's got a phalanx of uh, right. security guards at his every step. He's literally the only person besides a few camera guys uh, that are in this DMZ. Come to the demilitarized zone and come alone. <laughs> <laughs> but come early to set up your snipers. You can hear... Now, I don't know if that's... Kim, who actually spoke that, because you can't see his like lips. It. It's good English. Um, well, he presumably. Well, that's what's not clear. You can't really tell that from the video. Um, he may speak some English. Uh, Kim. He probably has tried to speak some English. Kim has. Remember, he went to school outside of North Korea. Yeah, that's Switzerland. 
I believe it was Finland or Switzerland, one of those uh, one of those t- uh, places. But he, when he was young, he went to to the school. I thought it was college, but I was actually reading an article about it, and he was there much earlier uh, than than that. I always thought so. that that might be one of the factors that opens him up to like meeting with other world leaders. I think the fact I that think he it hasn't is. been as insulated. I absolutely think that's true. Um, that and that's one of the things that leads me to believe that he's not as crazy about like you know being the god man like his father and his grandfather before him because he wasn't inculcated as heavily with all of that propaganda um and for i don't think you were pressing yeah i think you kind of pressed that button toward the end of that but uh, i didn't get all the way down yeah i don't think you've been missing it quite a bit actually in recent i've got a a terrible dry cough that i'm not terribly sorry to the audience if i didn't get that all the way i just had to give you the feedback there on the air um but uh yeah, so I think that, that that experience with Kim, and there was a really interesting article that I did not read the whole the whole thing because it was really lengthy, that actually went and like interviewed some of his classmates, yeah. uh, people that, uh, had you seen that one? No, but okay. I mean, I just, I know that he went to school outside yeah. and it, it might be something, right, where he might be longing for that experience. To again, reconnect with other people. Outside of uh-huh. the country and not just be surrounded by, you know, yes men and bureaucrats all the time. And, right. And not just yes men, but people telling him what to do. Right. Oh, well, Kim, this is what your father did. This is what your grandfather did. This is what you have to continue. Also, rich people like to travel in circles with rich people. It's just, I don't know why they want like to do it, but probably the same reason I like to travel in circles with middle class people mm-hmm. is because I can associate with them. I get it. I get what they're thinking. And I imagine Kim Jong-un wants to, I don't know, go to some casinos and see some shows mm-hmm. and do some things and probably yeah. doesn't get to do as much of that as he'd like. Right. There's probably no casinos in, in North well, Korea. If there were, it's just... It'd be him. <laughs> right. It's it's not, you know, basically they have to employ people to come and act like they're, right. you know, rich moguls. And that feels a little weird. Yeah, for sure. So I'm just going to play a little bit more from the audio. Yeah, so he's talking in. That's it. And he then walks. Trump then walks Trump into. Trump loves that, you know. Anything to one up Obama. Well, and it's interesting because there's actually a series of uh, photographs that was published. I don't know if it was the BBC. Yeah, BBC has an article. Uh, with some of the pictures with uh, Trump and Kim, and then they actually show, to contrast, Obama uh, says here, Trump's business suit was in contrast to his predecessor, Barack Obama, who wore a bomber jacket and binoculars and may have been intended to send a different message about the visit. Mm. You know, And there's Obama you know, standing however far away he was standing, observing uh, the the DMZ with military, you know, military guys standing around him. Fatigues and hats right. and... So, you know, Mr. Tough Guy, you know, military badass image, whereas Trump's like, you know, just dressed as he normally is. And, you know, he goes up there and in a suit, kind of a sloppy suit, but a suit. Hey, whatever. Uh, so k- suit. kudos to him for this. It's pretty, uh, pretty amazing what's happened. Let me go on here with a little bit more from the BBC. Uh, quote, good to see you again. I never expected to meet you at this place. A smiley Mr. Kim told Trump through an interpreter. OK, so it was through an interpreter. Uh, In an encounter broadcast live on international television, Trump said in response, big moment, tremendous progress. Looking relaxed. Big moment, great men. Yeah. Lovely weather. Beautiful DMZ. (laughs) (laughs) It's better now that I'm here. Crossed into South Korea and alongside Mr. Trump said, quote, I believe this is an expression of his willingness to eliminate 
all the unfortunate past and open a new future. I believe that too. And uh, see, and again, I'm skeptical because it's good to be skeptical. It's good rhetoric, right? Yep. It's good Talk rhetoric. Cheap. Well, what do you think is the downside here? Uh, that what are you nothing. Skeptical? Well, that nothing becomes of it. That okay. it's all rhetoric. So right. Well, running up to a new election cycle mm-hmm. for whatever okay. reason. So Trump gets reelected. I'm not saying that that's a good or a bad thing. Right. That's the I'm thing. Is, I don't think it is a good or bad thing. Okay. I think that the person who's going to run against Trump is probably going to be pretty awful. Okay. Sure. <laughs> you know? So um, if if we consider this good, I, I guess what I want to say is, is it's good because if we otherwise, it's bad. And I don't want it to be bad. <laughs> okay. All right. More coming up here. We can get into it further. And your calls and thoughts are welcome if you want to join us. 855-450-FREE. That's 855 855- Four five zero three seven three three. It's Free Talk Live's Live Sunday show. It is Free Talk Live, Live Sunday edition of the show. You're invited, as always, to join us here if you want. You can take control of the airwaves. Although we've been talking about the DMZ historic handshake and then subsequent meeting that happened. Within the last 24 hours, uh, and it was like around three at three in the morning uh, when we were watching it, basically live uh, as it went down. Here uh, we were streaming uh, actually on D Live and Twitch. Just happened to be playing some Overwatch at the time, at three o'clock in the morning. Yeah, was taking, <laughs> taking a little break, having a little dinner, and, uh, and that went and that happened. And I I was I felt like wow, you know, this is pretty cool. What what Trump has accomplished. Uh, so far, and it's just baby steps, but it's pretty big baby steps. I mean, all things considered, given that no U.S. president has ever uh, had a conversation like Trump has had with Kim Jong-un. No U.S. sitting U.S. president has ever crossed into North Korea at all. Uh, a couple of them later on did go as like envoys or whatever. I think Jimmy Carter and Bill Clinton. Right. You don't use the term former president, but... In this case, it's probably appropriate, former yeah. president. Right. So uh, so what happened? Well, Trump actually met uh, Kim Jong-un at the DMZ, historically a very tense place, right, where there's always, you know, I don't know if you've read or seen, uh, read any stories or seen any reports on this DMZ. There's like, you know, basically the North and the South were sort of known for posting a guard on each side, and they just basically stood and stared at each other the entire shift. <laughs> Like, that's all that they do. Just stand there with a weapon and just literally lock eyes in a eight-hour-long or ten-hour-long staring contest. <laughs> what a miserable job. <laughs> probably more so for the North Korean, because I don't know how much they're getting paid versus the South Korean, but <laughs> right. it's probably not a lot. Well, as a relative sense, it's probably pretty similar. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, well, of course, South Korea has uh, conscription, so that person probably didn't want to be there in the first place to begin well, with. Well, I don't know. I mean, would you take a conscribed... Uh, a soldier and put him there on that line. I'd want one of my jingoists there. You'd want a, a volunteer. I want a chauvinist. The one who would there. win the staring contest. I, I think there's a lot of uh, from what I, again I don't live there, but from what I understand of the, the culture, uh, the conscription is looked upon fairly favorably by the populace there. You know, this is this is the thing you have to do in order to become a man. Uh, you know, you go into the military and you're our hero and you're defending us against the evil North. You know, basically. Well, there's some Americans who would have that same rhetoric toward their kids. They sure going would. Into the military conscription or not. So, uh, Trump saunters on up to the the DMZ to the demarcation line, and uh, Kim kind of hurries to come up and meet him. Trump had kind yeah. of beaten him to it, 
and uh, Kim walks quickly. Walks quickly up, with, puts a big smile on his face, shakes his hand, uh, says, uh, "Good to see you again. I never expected to meet you at this place." Who said, would? Said Kim uh, through an interpreter. Trump said, "Big moment, tremendous progress." Kim then crossed, or they, they skipped something here. Trump then crosses into. Uh, North Korea, several feet. I, I've heard it was 30, uh, 30 feet because he kind of like there's like a, a clear like demarcation of the zone where like it's in the middle of the two countries. And then there's like the street on the other side. He crossed into that street uh, on the other side. There Took were some pictures and several back. Fo- several North Korean photographers from the North Korean Central News Agency, obviously, because there's no other news agency in North Korea. Uh, they were there taking photos all over the place. Trump's completely alone. There's nobody who he didn't have some burly Secret Service agent step right. across with him. You know, he was completely. They could have carted him off and used him as uh, you know ransom. They could have. Well, I mean, if they tried that, there would have been, a, I'm sure, a shooting war that uh, that broke out right there. And the Trump DMC. would have been shot. And yeah, he would have been dead. And Kim probably would have ended up dead uh, as well in that circumstance. Mutually assured destruction on a smaller scale. So the symbolism was a big deal. And then afterwards, uh, after shaking hands and taking photos on the North Korean side, Kim then crossed into South Korea and alongside Trump uh, said, quote, I believe this is an expression of his willingness to eliminate all the unfortunate past and open a new future. And for anybody to say something like that says that they understand that every day you have a new opportunity, right, that you can create your life and your experience anew. Basically, you can yep. come at things from a new perspective. You can change how you look at life. And and if, if Kim is willing, you know, to drop all of the baggage from the past, and there's a lot of it. You know, in North Korea, the people there are raised to believe that the United States is the cause of the power outages, that the United States is constantly sabotaging and attacking uh, North Korea. And certainly the U.S. hadn't has not been friendly uh, towards North Korea. But we all know that the reason they don't have power is because communism fails and central planning fails. Well, and that's the other thing with the with the reelection coming is what will happen if a Democrat is elected and Trump is out of office, Mm. what happens to this relationship of the U.S. with North Korea? Good question. Right. Does the Democrat continue on to meet with Kim um, Jong-un as as an equal on a business level? Or do they go back to the bomber jacket military? Go back to the the saber rattling, the warmonger. And if they do that, right, what's the incentive for uh, North Korea to demilitarize and denuclearize now? Knowing that within you know within a couple of years they could be adversarial with the United States yet again. Let's go to the phones here. Your calls and thoughts welcome. Toll free number eight fifty five four fifty free. Kelly is in Springfield listening to KWTO uh, in Missouri. Hello, Kelly. Hi, how are you? Hey, great. You're on the air. Yeah, I just want to say um, I like what the statements you just made about every day being a new start and able to change things and 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 reverse what's taken place. You know, from a Christian perspective, I like the direction Donald Trump is going. He hasn't always showed those signs of a willingness to be humble and to do things that um, really are quite remarkable. And I think today was very remarkable in the way that it really took some nerve and some guts to do what he did. It and did. and I just think I think it says to everyone watching him that this is kind of the guy that's been there ever since he took office, whether you like him or not. These things that they have come at him with from Russia to whatever, I got anything. He is still stuck by his job. He still continues to do it every day. And I think he does a very good job for a man 
who's been facing all the distractions he's had to face since taking office. Yeah, I don't think you're wrong about uh, most of that. So. Yeah, I don't know what uh, I don't know for for me a good job would be defined as doing the things that I want him to do in a given situation. He's still doing things I don't want him to do. He's right. doing anti-liberty things sure. in a lot of ways, and we've called him out for you know many of those things. Sure. But just like when we uh, when we you know gave Obama some kudos for letting out some nonviolent drug offenders at the end of his term, it seems uh, to me we praised Obama less than we praised. Trump, and I think it's we, because he did fewer things that right, I really Ob- wanted to see. The, the good stuff from Obama came at the very end. It was very rare to see Obama do anything good during his uh, during his term, but at the very end, when he finally you know was totally lame duck and on the way out, then he did a couple of like somewhat compassionate things, like letting Chelsea Manning out of prison and uh, pardoning some nonviolent drug offenders. So I, I agree. Like we want to say when these politicians actually get something right, it's rare, <laughs> but when when they get it right, they ought to be do it. they ought to be praised. So you 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 would call or you'd be praising Trump for being the, uh, the most authentic president then. So far, not. Yeah, I would. Yeah, yeah, I, I would. I would say not only authentic, but I would say that he's not this uh, this cowardly guy that he's been referred to recently. And I forget what the politician was that just said that recently. But Who called him? him a, yeah, I don't remember him being called a coward. I mean, this seems like a strange thing to call him. I, I mean, I guess he didn't want to be in the military, and sometimes they'll call you a chicken for that. But um, bone spurs, you know, whatever. The, yeah, right. He had bone spurs. Well, or something. you know, the other thing though, you. There are a lot of people that got deferments, and and really, if you had the money, you could get the deferments, and that's a whole other subject. But what I would say about him is, you know, he's owned up to that. He's not, um, he hasn't really ran away from who he is. He's so authentic that he is who he is. I mean, he puts it out there every day, and and our best opportunity with Kim Jong-un or even the the maniac in Iran is going to take someone like him who really makes bold moves daily. And, and whether you like him or not, and I heard what you said earlier, uh, what are you just said that, I agree with you. He doesn't always do everything I like either. But I, from a Christian perspective, though, I do feel that this is the best opportunity Christians have had in a long time to, to feel a little bit safer. And I, I don't know if you'd agree with me on that or not. It's, well, I, I, it's hard for I, me I to take feel. a Christian perspective on uh, much of anything, but um, I can tell you that my cousin—he's uh, my nephew, actually—my nephew's a uh, minister, and he refused to vote for Donald Trump and instead voted for Gary Johnson, um, as I understand it. Wasted vote. Well, whatever. <laughs> they're, all, they're all wasted. Um, yeah, wasted. And so he voted for, you know, the guy that because he felt like, well, you know, that uh, grab him and where the sun don't shine part. He just couldn't live with that thing. And, you know, I don't know. So, so Kelly, well, let me ask you this question. So let me ask you something. Yeah, please. Um, based on what you just said, um, I would say this, that Christians have this kind of understanding that we're all inferior. We all have these thoughts. We're not 100 percent pure and right about everything we do. We're not perfect. We're not Jesus Christ. So knowing that, I say let God deal with him on his bad parts. And as a Christian, let's hang on to the good stuff, the stuff that really makes the United States uh, uh, stronger, uh, safer, 
and uh, really gives us an opportunity instead of firing Now, Kelly, hang on if you want, because you had said something about feeling safer as a Christian under Trump, and I want to know a little bit more about, you know, are you in danger? It's Free Talk Live. I'm a little obsessed with My Magic Mud. Several years ago, I met Jessica Armand, the founder and CEO of My Magic Mud, and I didn't even know my teeth were coffee-stained. A week's worth of use convinced me, and now I use it every three or four days. It's clinically proven to whiten teeth, and I think it cleans better, too. My Magic Mud's available at most local health food stores, Sprouts, Natural Grocers, CVS, Walmart's Natural Beauty Isle, but I can get it for you for 20% off with coupon code FTL20 at MyMagicMud.com. FTL20MyMagicMud.com. Free Talk Live. Launching into the second hour of the program here, we started out by talking about the historic meeting at the DMZ between North and South Korea, between uh, Donald Trump and Kim Jong-un, that uh, Trump just, out of the blue, tweeted saying, hey, hopefully uh, Mr. Kim will come on up and you know shake my hand. I'm going to be in town. I'll come by the DMZ, and if you want to say hi, come on by. And it turns out he did. Kim Jong Un showed up, and uh, the two men shook hands at the uh, the DMZ. They then walked maybe thirty or so feet on one side into North Korea. Trump alone, by the way, not being surrounded by uh, Secret Service, and Kim also uh, walking in basically alone to uh, to South Korea with Trump after walking to the North Korean side. Lots of people uh, with guns standing around. And I'd say both of these men, uh, that was a brave act. Uh, and, and politicians aren't the most noteworthy for being brave in any sense of the form. Well, they're also, uh, they have people that are paid to be paranoid mm-hmm. who stand around them and, uh, you know, whisper in their ear, oh, you can't go there, you can't do that. Right. And one of the things that was pointed out about Trump's invitation was he didn't run it by anybody. Like, he didn't talk to his advisors oh. first. Well, should we meet with Kim? Is it going to be safe? No, he's just like, ah, oh, come on out. I'll be in town. He's calling up a friend to come out for a beer as he's passing through town. On Twitter. <laughs> I, I, mean, I think it's ridiculous what he did, honestly. Um, I mean, But it know, worked. But it worked. It worked. And it uh, sort of restarted some of the talks. And uh, I, I believe in success um, yeah. as, as a system. Let's go back to Kelly. Uh, Kelly called in from Springfield, Missouri, listening to KWTO tonight and commenting as a Christian. Uh, you made a statement, Kelly, that you feel as though... Trump is making it, and I don't want to put words in your mouth, so please correct me here, uh, but Trump is making it so that you feel more safe as a Christian? Yeah, I really do. I mean, there's some things that he did initially when he was running. He picked uh, Vice President Pence, and I feel very good about that. The man is very open about his faith, and and I like what he says. And, you know, as a Christian, it's it's not, it's by, by faith we are saved. It's not by works. So, you know, I believe the faith in a man who will talk about Jesus, have people come and pray for him in the White House, that image is irreplaceable. And I didn't see that under Obama. Um, There's not a time that I really can relate to remembering that. I'm not saying he never did, but I cannot remember one. And then if you look at some other things that I really like about him... Before you go on about about that, I mean, you said you feel more safe. Are you feeling unsafe generally as a Christian? And what is it? you feel persecuted? What is it? I don't know. He didn't use that word. Yeah, I was. Okay. Well, no, not I wouldn't use the word persecuted. I just felt like that that Christians' um, ability to speak out was getting limited. Uh, one example Where? of that. Yeah, is, tell me, give me an example. Okay, yeah, 
I'll give you an example of that. One example of that is one of the things that he allowed, which was signing the uh, uh, Protect Religious Liberty Order, which basically gave churches more opportunity uh, to be protected and to speak out in faith and to speak out about things that were politically out in the mainstream, like abortion and other things, and not have, uh, whether you agree with it or not, but not be affected by the tax breaks they get and all the other things, including allowing federal government money to be spent on churches to rebuild after storms or something that happened, that that, uh, earthquakes, tornadoes, whatever. Now, how is it that the church is restricted from speaking on things? Are you talking about 501c3 status? They can't advocate for a candidate. Yeah, it was a, well, a part of that, it was a lot more difficult. There were a lot uh, more restrictions until he signed that bill. I what are those restrictions? Yeah, I'm not familiar I mean, with I'm, any of this. I'm a, I'm a founder of a church. Now, it's not a Christian church. Um, but, but it's not exclusive of Christians either. Right. It's an interfaith church. Um, so I don't think that what you're saying is true. Now, what I've, what I've heard, maybe it's because you've been given misinformation. There's probably a lot of that out there. Um, there are some churches who do what's called a 501c3, and they do this unknowingly. They do this on usually bad legal advice from attorneys who want to make a bunch of money. Um, That's to that, set up the church as a nonprofit, right? No. Oh, uh, what that a nonprofit does, already. Right. So by virtue of being a church, you're a nonprofit. Um, and what I know it, this is what I'm, what I'm more talking about is, is I'll give you some examples. Uh, that's what you asked Okay. After Trump signed the executive order, which he signed um, when he first got into office, what it allowed was religious groups and individuals broad protection to express their beliefs when they came into conflict with government regulations, including when making hiring decisions. It gave them the okay. ability to have a different litmus test. Also, the Health and Human Services Department um, also gave a new division aimed at protecting doctors and other medical professionals who didn't want to perform abortions treat transgender patients, and take part in other types of care. Now, whether they agree with that or not, that is something that has come about due to what he has done. And then the other one, the big one for me, uh, because of uh, a prophecy and what the Bible says, was was uh, addressing uh, Jerusalem as the capital. Oh. That was important. Why do you I want like Jerusalem as the capital? For God's sake, this seems like the most inane point. You want the world to end? Well, you know what? If you believe in the Bible, you know it's going to end one day anyway. Now, well, so then what's the point of making not, the Jerusalem no the capital? I like that because the fact that, one, they have a right to pick whatever capital they want. Number two, um, Israel has a right to uh, the leaders there. That's important to them. And as the United States backing them and supporting them in so many areas, as I do when it comes to their protection in the Golan Heights and many other divisive areas that people will talk about, it's important that that is a representation. It gives them more clout. It gives them more ability to, to argue on some of the things that they're arguing about that have been uh, really uh, chewed apart and, and, and really attacked in the United Nations. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. It's hard for me to take the side of a state, especially a pretty really leftist socialist state like Israel. Um, but, in, I mean, you know the only connection between Israel today and Israel 2,000 years ago is a name. I mean, there's there's really nothing else. I thought Jerusalem is not the capital. Wasn't it, wasn't it the capital no, of Israel? No, they had to, you know. No, they, it never was. They have to say yeah, it's Tel Aviv. But I would say this to you. Oh. Um, what, what my argument would be on that is. 
it is it is the chosen land for them. That is exactly what it is. It's in the Bible. And as a Christian, that's what we're talking about. Me as a Christian, I well, believe that that land I, is there. I can call myself a Christian, but you don't ha- necessarily have to I'm believe in the Bible. You, no, but I'm just telling you what, what I believe. You're asking okay. as a Christian. And the other thing I would say is allowing federal money to pay to rebuild churches. That wasn't available to them until he got into office. That's like a loan, right? After a natural disaster and use federal funds. That's a loan, right? Yeah, that is a loan. Okay. All right, Kelly. Hey, thanks. I think you answered the question. Did you have any other questions for him, uh, Richie? No, I just, my question was about the, the, you you know, feeling unsafe. Thanks for the call tonight. I definitely appreciate (laughs) it, man. Um, You know, as far as the speaking out is concerned, and those, you know, you can have whatever opinion you want about those issues, but um, as far as speaking out is concerned, the, usually what you hear about is churches get a 501c3 uh, from the IRS, and they do this unnecessarily. They do this, in my opinion, completely unnecessarily. They have bad legal advice by attorneys that tells them, oh, you got to do this if you want people to be able to do tax-deductible donations to your church, and that's a lie. Uh, from my understanding, it is not true at all that you have to do that, that every church, by nature of being a church, is tax-deductible. The donations are tax-deductible. They do not have to be 501c3. But what ends up happening is they you know when you when you get this 501c3 status you're asking permission you're begging the government to grant you this special status and that means you've got to submit yourself to them that means that you putting you're then putting your church underneath the jurisdiction of the government rather than just having a church and using your free speech churches came first the government right. came second and i agree with you on that i just want to point out that there was a vote and i think this was i think i saw this in 2012 like when they screwed ron paul um mm-hmm. in the republican convention the democrats did this in their convention and there was a voice vote on whether or not they should recognize jerusalem as the capital of israel mm-hmm. and it was i mean it was pretty clear that the yays were in favor on that and the nays weren't but the and they weren't winning um and they they i mean the, the party leadership just shot it down right there said hmm. nope wow that we're determining that you're wrong and uh, so you know that's the other side of this is i think a lot of americans want to see jerusalem be the capital of israel i just don't I don't know why Americans get so excited about this little plot of land. The, the, the Israelites can take care of themselves. The toll-free number is 855-450-FREE. That's 855-450-3733. This is Free Talk Live. It's Free Talk Live, and you can bring up whatever you want here. The toll-free number is 855-450-FREE. That's 855-450-3733. We've got the Discord on-air call-in line rooms. You can join us there at discord.lrn.fm. And in the studio tonight, it's Ian. Richie Rich. And Mark. Mark, tell me about getting a mortgage from somebody who's not making a commission. Is this possible? Oh, it's possible, and I think it's preferable. Um, I mean, do you want to get a commission from somebody who's incentivized to offer certain uh, – excuse me, do you want to get a mortgage from somebody who's uh, off, incentivized through commission to offer you certain loans? I mean, maybe they'll do a bang-up job, but it's you – know, humans tend to be motivated by their incentives, and mortgage brokers are definitely incentivized by their commissions, whereas the – Salary-based mortgage consultants for American financing, not so much. It's a family-owned mortgage company. Then they've uh, 
They've got an A-plus rating by the Better Business Bureau and 3,200 Google reviews. They've never charged upfront, upfront fees, even though some do. And they've got every kind of loan that's available to you. You can apply right now through the telephone. You can uh, go online through their digital mortgage. Whatever you want to do, whether it's a refinance or you're looking to buy a new home or you want to take care of some debt that you've got or maybe even you know some retirement issues, whatever it might be, American Financing can help you. You can go to AmericanFinancing.net. That's their website, and that .net is pretty important. So AmericanFinancing.net. Net, and you can start that digital process right now. If you prefer, like I probably would, to go through the the old-fashioned way and give them a ring, should be right there ready for you right now. And if not, they will give you a ring back. 888-808-0303. 888-804-0303. And yeah, give them a call right now. Find out if you're looking, if you're buying a house at this moment and you're looking and you've got a mortgage set up, don't you want to run that by somebody else and see what they can do? 888-804-0303, AmericanFinancing.net. What about the NMLS number? Oh, yeah. Thank you for that. It's 182334 and it's org. All right, so uh, we continue here, and we will take your calls and thoughts. I believe Bad Slave is on the line with us here. I uh, don't know if he's going to yes. – is he there? He is there. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> well, thank you for uh, taking my call. Sure. And uh, Mark and Rich, it's uh, good to speak with all of you. I uh, wanted just to uh, say one thing. Uh, you know, we brought up Trump and, and Un. And, yep, Kim Jong Un. Yeah, I, I agree with you guys, and I'm really happy to hear uh, you know the bunch of you uh, uh, agreeing that this this is uh, bold and you know positive. I don't know if Richie uh, has said that, but I yeah. think Mark and I have said that. Yeah, I'll grant you, bold. Uh, I don't know are about you with us on that, Rich. Or? I, I will grant bold. Um, I'm I'm still skeptical. Because I still believe that there's probably some unspoken reason for doing this beyond world peace and peace well, between I, the Well, you Koreas. know what? I, I don't actually care uh, at this point because I, I think that, that, that these two gentlemen have the possibility of forwarding a safer world. And I, I, you know, if, I think if that's they're going to get together and do that, I, you know, I'm going to have to say it's positive, even if all I, of you know, Trump's I mean, motivation you can, is you that you can have you yeah. can have your reservation. Sure. It will look I, even if Trump's motivations here is that he just wants to be remembered for something. OK, that's fine. I mean, he has made history and he's sure. continuing to make history in these cases. And if that's what his motivation is, that's cool. But if and if that results in more peace, if that results in an end to the Korean War, uh, if that results in sanctions being dropped from North Korea, I mean, obviously, this is very optimistic talk, right? Yes. Like we, th- those things haven't happened yet, but there have been symbolic things that have occurred over the last year. For instance, North Korea uh, got rid of its own special time zone. I don't know if you knew about that, but they had a t- they had uh, a silly time zone several years ago. They had set an arbitrary time zone of a half an hour either behind I or it was ahead. Fifteen minutes? No, it was a ha- it was a half hour. Okay, there's uh, a few fifteen minute time zones out there too. Where it's they weird. set it like either I figure it was a 
ahead or behind uh, South Korea, just to yeah. be different. Just to be different. And uh, they, they undid that. They went and got I bet back they're on ba- the- not backing off of that unicorn's nest that they have, though. <laughs> the same time zone. Uh, they got rid of the loudspeakers that were broadcasting propaganda on both sides that okay. were blasting nice. propaganda nice. across the DMZ, across the border, from one side to the other. They got rid of those. Um, they did symbolically destroy a nuclear testing site, but the critics pointed out that it was already like slated for de- decommissioning or something like that. So that wasn't really a big deal, but it was you know something. So they've done some sort of symbolic things. Right. That again, as I pointed out before, Trump didn't have to do any of this. And so like he could have just ignored right. Kim Jong Un. Kim Jong would have like shot some missiles into the ocean. Uh, just so like can he- I uh, can I get in here, Edgewise? Yeah, yeah. Uh, the uh, my observation of presidential administrations has, you know, I I always approach a new uh, occupant of as a president with, you know, I, I start out with optimism. I said, you know, what's the sense in expecting the worst? And, and I, and I, I'm, I remain an optimist. Well, so. I'm, I'm the reverse. I'm in no way optimistic well, about presidents. They're all okay, to me, but, but, you know, but, a bunch of thugs and I expect but, them to destroy freedom and I yes, expect them to do nothing yes. to advance uh, liberty in their time. Yes. And as, well, as uh, Rich pointed out here, uh, Trump isn't advancing freedom, but at the very least, he's doing something symbolic for what could be more peace in the world. And, and that's something. I mean, it's it's worth talking about. It's worth acknowledging. Part of the reservation is if you hang this all on Trump and his ego, again, what happens when he's out of office? Well, that's does a good it, question. Does it then go back to being adversarial? Can, can whoever his successor is continue on with those relations yeah. in the same way that he has? If, if it's based I, on I, his personality? I, I predict, guys, that if Trump gets reelected, 2020 that that we will see a paradigm shift of some sort why would it change in 2020 and not now well i i'm just saying that we're in the middle of it now what kind of paradigm shift that that if that if he is able to continue doing what he's because what i was going to say when i was bringing up the uh you know my optimism and uh all of that I, i i you know I have been dashed almost every time. Oh, sure. And okay. How, why are you still optimistic then? <laughs> Doesn't the evidence support the contrary? Pollyanna well, syndrome. Well, no, I, I am an optimist, uh, Rich, because there is no upside in, in being a pessimist. I, I don't uh, I mean, blame you for that position. I'm not. I, and thank you for the call tonight, Bad Slave. I appreciate hearing from you. Um, yeah. Look, I'm generally optimistic about the world. I'm generally optimistic about liberty and our chances. If I weren't, I don't think I would be here doing this. Okay. Um, I don't think I would do activism if I wasn't optimistic in general. But that doesn't mean that I'm optimistic about individual politicians. I expect the worst. I expect lies. I expect you know uh, scumbag behavior. And usually, that's what you get in spades with these guys. And I think that carries on with Trump too. I don't think absolutely. He's, uh, you know, he's done some terrifying, terrible things when it comes to uh, the border and tariffs and horrible, bad economics and all of that. But in this case, he's getting it right, and uh, North Korea and the people of North Korea may end up being better off uh, because of it. There's more coming up here in moments. It's Free Talk Live. I want to tell you about my favorite cryptocurrency wallet, Edge Wallet at Edge.app. Edge is the wallet I use more than any other, and that was true long before Edge Wallet became a sponsor of Free Talk Live. 
Edge Wallet allows you to buy, sell, trade, and securely hold your cryptocurrencies, including Bitcoin, Ethereum, tokens, Monero, Ripple, Dash, Bitcoin Cash, and more. It's available for both Android and iOS, and you can download it via the Play or App Store or via Edge Wallet's website, edge.app. Secure your freedom with Edge Wallet. It's Free Talk Live. You may dial toll-free. Take control of the airwaves here. Bring up whatever you want. Our number is 855-450-FREE-LIKE-FREEDOM. That's 855-450-3733. Coming up, we are going to Las Vegas for Freedom Fest 2019. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm excited to see everybody who's there. This year's theme, by the way, is the Wild West. A time of opportunity and liberty or lawlessness and violence. Well, we'll see. Penn Gillette is going to be keynoting, and there's a whole list of folks. John Stossel, Justin Amash, Glenn Beck, Herman Cain, Senator Mike Lee, Kevin Sorbo, who I was supposed to interview like two days ago. And I got to talk to him on Skype, but you know, it didn't work out. Anyway, um, Thomas Massey and... Can you pronounce this name for me, um, Ian? Veronique, uh, the rugby? Where is it? Down here at the bottom. Oh, at the bottom? I've never seen it before. Veronica, is it Veronique or Veronica? Veronique? I don't know. V-E-R-O-N-I. It must be Veronique de Ruggie. De Ruggie? Something. I recognize the spelling. Somebody out there is like, I know who that is. Oh, I'm sure. I I got the impression that, uh, you know, it's kind of a famous person. I mean, there's not speaking for nothing, right? Freedomfest.com slash FTL. Oh, from the Mercatus Center. Oh, that's right. That's why I put him in because, yeah, it was her, right? Right. That's why I put her in. Um, Yeah, freedomfest.com slash FTL to get your tickets. It's July the 17th through the 20th at the Paris in downtown Las Vegas. Love to see you there. And if you you know need a little more convincing, go to freedomfest.com slash FTL. Watch the five best speeches from last year. Judge Napolitano, Alan Dershowitz, Charlie Kirk, Heather McDonald, John Mackey, all for free. Freedomfest.com slash FTL. FTL, excuse me. Use coupon code FTL50. Save $50 off the ticket price. We'd love to see you there. That's coupon code FTL50 at freedomfest.com slash FTL. So, uh, overarching conversation here tonight has been sparked by the historic meeting of Donald Trump and Kim Jong-un. Relatively unpredicted meeting. Trump just, you know, throwing out there an invitation. Hey, I'm going to be in town. I'll come up to the DMZ if you want to come shake my hand. And he did. Do you remember the, the, the sort of thing in the 90s when they'd say an historic meeting? Because the H is silent? Well, it, it's not. As but opposed I mean, to a historic meeting? Right. They were basically, you know... Yes, uh, as opposed to a historic meeting. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, yeah, I mean, they would say an historic all the time, but okay. they wouldn't say an horse. Right. You know? I think the uh is correct, not an, but I could be wrong. I'm not an English major. Well, I've heard an as well, but it usually follows an historic meeting, right, where the, you don't really pronounce the full uh in the H. Like it just like skips half the H and goes into the I. So let's remember that grammar is not right or wrong. Grammar is a stylistic. Mm-hmm. So I think that it was a stylistic thing. But why would they do it on just one thing? Uh, but the the TV commentators were doing it all the time, like and, as opposed to an car accident, right? 
Well, it would be it wouldn't. There was an H baseball there. game, right? You wouldn't. You don't say an hill hillbilly. I'm saying mm-hmm. it would only be used for the letter H. You do say and not all H's. An animal. You do say an egret. You do say yeah. uh, an igloo, um, an ocelot, mm. and uh, an uh, ukulele. Because and precedes a vowel. A, a ukulele. You'd say a ukulele. Depends. That's so not the sound. You say people say an ukulele. I don't know, but it's 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 a U. Yeah, it's a U. So grammatically, it would be N. Weird. Yeah, English language. Sorry about it, folks. But but the pronunciation is a Y, right? Yeah, that's the reason. It is yeah. it is phonically based. Right. Um, so that's so that's what I'm saying with historic. They don't always pronounce the full H. So weird and historic. It it flows right into the I sound. Yeah. You I don't understand. You'd that. hand somebody a utensil, not an utensil. So I think it maybe it was when the U, U is yeah. uh as opposed to y. An umbrella. Right. And an umbrella. Yep. yep. Thank you very much. All right. You saved me. <laughs> so uh, back a little bit more on the meeting, this historic encounter at the border at the DMZ between North and South Korea, where both men, Trump and Kim Jong-un, uh, went and crossed together first into the north side. Trump all by himself, basically. And then they came back and crossed into the south side, being you know posing for photos and handshaking. And for a brief, uh, then they actually got together in a building at the site uh, known as the Freedom House on the South Korean side, where the two men talked for almost an hour, uh, which was initially just billed as a short greeting, but they ended up spending much more time together. So Kim Jong-un stayed on the south side longer than Trump stayed on the north side? That's correct, yeah. I'd say that's the more brave thing to do. Kim Jong-un really could have been spirited away. And that would have been a uh, a very bad thing for his. Uh... Well, it would have been a stupid thing for anybody to to spirit him away because then you know the conflict would would rise up and would be. What even do they worse. care about conflict? What do who care? Well, what does okay? So the the party that would spirit him away is then on the defensive and fighting on their own turf. Mm-hmm. They're ready for that. Right, but if people actually want to end this conflict, that would be the last thing that they would want to do. I'm just proving that people uh, do want to end this conflict. Right, that's what wouldn't, I'm saying. Wouldn't that be cutting off the head of the North Korean snake, though? No. Like, who would He's rise to the power? Head. There would be somebody else. Okay, but yeah. they wouldn't have the same lineage. It could be a general. Okay. You know, it wouldn't be a good thing, necessarily, for the uh, the North Korean people. If, indeed, this DMZ is going to, to come down, uh, if or, or be, you know, just turned into a museum or something like that, uh, if, indeed, the, uh, the, the Korean War is going to end and North and South Koreans will be allowed to cross uh, in between the two countries for the first time in 60, 70 years or whatever, however long it's been now, that'll be an incredible moment. But these are initial moments that are also very historic. Uh, it says here, for a brief moment, Trump and Kim were joined by South Korea's president, Moon Jae-in, for an unprecedented three-way gathering. That's great. Speaking next to Trump in a rare statement to the press, Kim said the meeting was a symbol of their, quote, excellent relationship, calling their friendship, quote, particularly great. Mr. Trump, who once referred to Kim as Little Rocket Man. <laughs> said it was a great day for the world. He said worse about, uh, you know, other people. And that he was, quote, proud to step over the line, unquote, between the Koreas. North Korean media has yet to mention the talks, according to this story at the BBC, although they do typically wait until the next day to report on the news, because it's not like they have to be in a hurry. They don't have any competition. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> they got to get their story straight. Yeah, well, get their story uh, according to the censors or whatever. Yeah. 
Uh, a number have been to the armistice line that has divided the a number of presidents that is has been, that has divided the peninsula since the Korean War ended in 1953, largely to show support for the South. Both Jimmy Carter and Bill Clinton have been to North Korea, flying into the capital Pyongyang, but only after they left office. And so Trump is the first to actually do what he did with uh, North Korea. So kudos to him for uh, for this. According to a different story at uh, the BBC, they do say that Trump has also invited uh, Kim Jong-un to the White House. Uh, Trump has confirmed that he has made the invitation, but as of right now, nothing has been formally uh, arranged. So that could be the next step. That could be the next uh, location for the next summit would be to have Kim Jong-un come to D.C., which would, again, be something completely uh, unprecedented. So It'll be interesting, to yeah. say the least. Yeah, I'm very interested. I mean, I find this to be absolutely fascinating. And- I say bring them into the, you know, the family of nations or whatever. Uh, let them you know, start begin patching things up. There's really no particular reason for all of this. It only puts... The people of Guam. You mean continuing conflict? You mean? Yeah, the continuing conflict that keeps going on. Putting the Japanese, the South Koreans, the you know, the I don't know what you call people from Guam. Guamanese, Guamanians, <laughs> Guamaniacs. Right. <laughs> um, I'm gonna have to look that up during the break. Yeah, I mean, it puts them in danger. So that's uh, my thoughts. Appreciate you guys. If you want to comment, you're welcome to join us here. The toll-free number is 855-450-FREE. And as this situation continues, hopefully to develop positively, I mean, again, there's a long way to go here, uh, but these are initial steps and they are worth noting and worth uh, some praise towards towards Donald Trump in this instance. And I, I share your concerns, uh, Richie, like, you know, who's next? If it's not Trump, what happens then with this built relationship? Will it all crumble? Will this next person, if it's not Trump, uh, will they just, you know, take a crap on it and uh, kick Kim Jong-un back out to the curb and, you know, continue the old ways with North Korea? That's an important question. Well, and it could be just a spite Trump, right? There's more on the way here. Our number is 855-450-FREE. And you can join us here. Coming up, a digital declaration of independence next. Hey, it's Free Talk Live. It is the live Sunday edition of the show. Our toll-free number here is 855-450-FREE, like freedom. That's 855-450-3733. Also, I uh, want to say thank you to Brandon, who is a Free Talk Live Silver Amplifier, which means that Brandon is giving $5 a month to the AMP program. And AMP stands for Advertise, Market, and Promote. The idea is that uh, we're already on over 200 radio stations from coast to coast inside the United States and a little bit beyond that. Uh, we were talking about Guam, actually. We're on uh, regularly in Guam. It's Guamanian, by the way. Oh, you looked it up. Yeah. Thank you for that. Um, and so, it, you know, if you want to help support what we do, you want to help us get on to 300 radio stations, then please, you can amp the show at amp.freetalklive.com, just like Brandon. And uh, we certainly appreciate it. You'll get some cool perks as a result of your amp, uh, like access to the Amp Only Facebook group. For those of you still hanging out on Facebook, if you're on our Discord server, there's uh, special supporters chat rooms there as well, and some other uh, perks and benefits. Go over to amp.freetalklive.com. You can learn more about the Amp program there and get signed up with credit card or PayPal or Bitcoin BTC. It's ampamp.freetalklive.com. As we continue here, changing gears to digital independence. Uh, Richie, you had brought a story in tonight 
about, I believe it was the Wikipedia founder? Co-founder. Co-founder. The Declaration of Digital Independence. So uh, it sounds like a nice name. I don't know what it contains. I I purposefully didn't read it before the show. It sounded like a really interesting discussion. So let's get into it. And I presume he's going to explain why it was created in the first place? Yes. So Tell me more. Humanity has been contemptuously used by vast digital empires. Thus, this, d- 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 he didn't say Google, though. No, of course, <laughs> of course not. Thus, it is now necessary to replace these empires with decentralized networks of independent individuals. Okay. As in the first decades of the Internet, as our participation has been voluntary, no one doubts our right to take this step. Is this the actual declaration, or is this a pre, pre uh, like preface? There's a, there's a prelude, the the reason behind it, and then the um, the principles that they want to follow. Is this the prelude part? This portion? is the prelude. Okay, got, got it. Go All ahead. Right. Uh, sorry, I had to get back to my page. Yeah, no problem. Uh, but if we were to are to persuade as many people as possible to join together and make reformed networks possible, <laughs> we should declare our reasons for wanting to replace the old. We right. declare. That we have unalienable digital rights, rights that define how information that we individually own may or may not be treated by others, and that among these rights are free speech, privacy, and security. Hmm. Since the proprietary centralized architecture of the Internet at present has induced most of us to abandon these rights, however reluctantly or cynically, we ought to demand a new system that respects them properly. The difficulty and divisiveness of wholesale reform means that these tasks that this task is not to be undertaken lightly. For years we have approved and even celebrated enterprise that has profited from our communication and labor without compensation to us. But it has become abundantly clear more recently that a callous, secretive, controlling, and exploitative animus guides the centralized networks of the internet and the corporations behind them. Well, before you go on, I mean there's compensation when you use Google, you get a product. You know, you're getting you get an search. email, yeah, or you're getting email. search, or you're getting I, these different things. I hate and, that. Um, you know, people who used to pay for media and understand that you had to pay for media, you're not going to walk into a newsstand and take a newspaper for free. You're not mm-hmm. going to grab a Time magazine off the shelf for free. Um, that suddenly they get on the internet and everything's just supposed to be free. Mm-hmm. And admittedly. You don't have to pay for the paper. You don't have to pay for the ink. You don't have to pay for a lot of things. The but cost of publishing is dramatically lower. That's true. Right. But there's still a writer. Yep. There's still an editor. There's still some people creating this and curating this content for you. And that's just supposed to be free. Well, a part of that is expectations built into yes. the internet from the founder. This guy's building an expectation in by saying that it should be free. And it, I mean, a, a search engine should be free. Or should librarians work for free? Wait, did he say it should be free? I missed that in the proposal. Uh, well, he he said the lack of compensation. Okay, so I'm not I'm not I don't think he's suggesting yet. Like we'll, we'll he said the it. rights the rights that I heard were privacy, yep, security, uh, security and speech. Yeah, and free speech. So yeah. that didn't say anything about have, everything should be free. I think you have uh, free speech, but as far as privacy goes, you exchange it when you go and do things like Google. That's what like he's Google. complaining about here, yeah. I think. Um, and, and, and that is one of the other quibbles I wanted to make with this is, well, you know, 
when he says a right to security, is he saying that, you know, is it like when the government says you have a right to health care, meaning that somebody's forced to provide you with health care? I think care. it's digital security, since this is the digital declaration. But is he saying like that... encrypted communications. And- sure, but is he saying that you have a right to it in that you, somebody has to be forced to provide you with security procedures or security products or whatever? I don't know if that's what he's saying, but when you hear people saying right. you have this right to this thing, maybe what he's saying is you should have a right to have security if that's what you want in which case you can i, I mean, think you- it's more an answer to governments uh wanting back doors to be built in and banning okay. encryption you know in like was it australia banned certain types of encryption did they at some point yeah it was really? it, it either happened or they were talking about it wow um and that's like that's the new thing right you're not allowed to have encrypted no speech, more secrecy no mm-hmm. more secrecy so part of that you know i think i think that's the answer right to that aspect of it okay um and and oh man I wanted to address something Mark said, but that's okay. We'll move on. Uh, the long train of it, because I forgot. Okay. Uh, the, <laughs> if you remember, we'll yeah. come back to it. The long train of abuses we have suffered makes it our right, even our duty, to replace the old networks. To show what train of abuses we have suffered at the hands of these giant corporations, let these facts be submitted to a candid world. Of course, he says here, giant corporations. Mm-hmm. He does not call out states. Right. When he says it. I mean- is a state a giant corporation? Yes, it is. But that's not mm-hmm. what people say when they uh, mean when they say giant corporations. I mean, yeah. Google got where it got by providing the best search engine, or at the very least, the search engine that was most desirable to people. Mm-hmm. And that is, a, to me, a better claim on your information, you know, saying, I'll exchange you some searches for your some of your information so that we so I can you know market to you and sell that marketing to you know other people mm-hmm. and things like that. I mean people they know this that that's what they're doing. They may not know everything about what they're doing, but that's what they're doing. And then governments kind of step in and say, "Oh, well, you know, there's people who are too dumb to be able to make these uh, arrangements and they don't know everything that's going on, so we're going to have to regulate this." The government got where it got by threatening people. Yeah. But I, and oh, I remember what I wanted to address. The 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 paid content aspect of things now it, it was built into the internet that things were free um and then now that becomes the expectation but these yes. big but these big corporations are there to make money uh, and this is part of a conversation that i was having uh with the, the friend of mine yesterday was the all the deplatforming that has been going on you know by google by facebook by youtube mm-hmm. by the big corporations um as a as a money-making scheme because they believe that by cleaning up their platform, they can then sell their services to a more willing audience. And I said, "Well, you could have, you know, you could have a paid platform, right? The, the people being demonetized, the people being demonetized on on YouTube um, can have a paid platform. That you, you know, you don't have to go, you don't have to have uh, Google supported ads in your videos. Yeah, um, you can have your own ads and just you get you sell your own advertisement and then you can upload whatever you want." For a fee, right? You pay to upload your video for however many... You're talking about a theoretical platform that doesn't exist. Theoretical. Okay. But I think with Patreon, you can set up a situation where Patreon people get videos specially for them. Yeah, that's true. So that is possible. Right. But Um, I'm saying... Does Patreon host those videos or is it like an unlisted video on YouTube? I think Patreon does the hosting. Patreon hosts Patreon hosts my audio on a weekly basis and I don't have a lot of, you know, subscribers... But my, I, my do we. but my audio goes up there on a weekly basis, you know, as as small as an audio file is for an hour long mm-hmm. uh, podcast. 
and I don't pay Patreon anything at all, and they, it's just all there. Well, they so, must take a cut off the donations. If I had donations, and I don't have enough don- I I went through such a long period of time with no donations. Mm. They were still hosting huh. for free. Oh, interesting. But they could have charged, right? And then it would have been yeah. my responsibility to find uh, a revenue source to pay for the uploads. Gotcha. And they, and they didn't. All right. That, that's all I want to say. Like it's it's theoretically possible to have a platform that doesn't deplatform you. Um, that well, you we did. know Patreon's deplatformed people well, too. But yes, in right. theory, it would be possible to do that. Nobody has been screwed by Google in that way. I mean, as much as they want to say that YouTube has screwed them by deplatforming, you know, all those other things. I mean, ultimately, it's their platform, and they can decide to change payouts, and they sure. can decide to kick people off. I think well, that people the problem- see that as, as screwing, though. I mean, if if somebody has become reliant on yes. a paycheck from Google or slash YouTube, right. uh, and then that paycheck cuts in half or cuts by, you know, uh, is decimated, you know, down to a tenth of its size or something like that, uh, they will they will see that as being screwed, even though, yes, Google had the right to do it because it's their platform. Because the invitation was there. The YouTube founding was, these are your videos, you put them up, we mm-hmm. host them right. for you, and if you want to make money, here's how we have designed But on the other hand, you can't blame YouTube for saying, yeah, we don't want Chris Cantwell here. I'm not blaming it right. at all. The toll-free number here is 855-450-FREE. But that's not, I don't think, where this uh, is no. going. We're going to get into the uh, declaration, which we haven't started that part yet, right? Right. Declaration. Coming up here, a, a digital independence on Free Talk Live. You love Bitcoin. It's the future, right? Well, no. Not if everyone stops using it. I mean, think about it. How many places in your town take Bitcoin? One? None? Let's be real. If this Bitcoin thing is ever going to happen, it's going to need your help. The good news is, the guys at AnyPay have your back. We built a website called HelpMeTakeBitcoin.com, and it's a place you can send any business. And they'll be set up to take Bitcoin in five minutes. HelpMeTakeBitcoin.com. Free Talk Live. It's Free Talk Live, and we're launching into the third hour of the program. As always, you're invited to join us here if you want. The toll-free number is 855-450-FREE. We're talking about the so-called Digital Declaration of Independence. And we're kind of getting the preface, uh, you know, the, the, the explanation from one of the co-founders of Wikipedia. Did it mention which one it is? Because uh, I remember there's like a guy named Jimmy who's behind Wikipedia. Authored by Larry Sanger. Larry Sanger. Uh, and so he's upset with the... Uh, invasions of privacy by some of these mega corporations that are, you know, involved with uh, running websites. Probably he hasn't named names yet, but I'm guessing Facebook and Google would be two. Those are uh, the big ones recently on his list. Uh, but uh, we're going to continue with that discussion. It's Ian Ritchie and Mark in the studio. If you want to join in the, uh, to this co- topic or anything that's on your mind, our toll-free number is 855-450-FREE. That's 855-450-3733. So let's pick this up uh, where we left it off. We haven't gotten to the actual declaration yet. This right. is just kind of talking about the reasons why it's necessary. So this is, this is the list of the long train of abuses that they have suffered. Sort of like the uh, Declaration of Independence. Exactly, yeah. So they, uh, whenever it says they, we're talking about the giant corporations. They have practiced in-house moderation in keeping with their executives' notions of what will maximize profit rather than allowing moderation to be formed, be performed more democratically and by random members of the community. I'm not sure if that's necessarily any better. I don't know. You know, do you want a random member of the community to all of a sudden be able to uh, to moderate content on your platform? I mean, what if it's somebody from 4chan? 
then what happens? Well, that's the best moderation ever, then, because that's 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 where the internet begins, my friend. By the way, this reminds me of a story that uh, my roommate told me today. Uh, apparently, there's a gun company. I think it's, oh God, it's like apparently like this really cheap gun manufacturer. I don't know if it's Hot Point or something like that, or if that's like a. Oh, they put the naming out of their new. Yeah, they put a they put a poll out on the internet to name their new gun. Yeah. I don't know if you heard about this, but uh, you know what happens when you put polls out on the internet to, like, name products, right? Blamo McShooty face? Stuff like that. that. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Apparently, the the winning vote, and they are going to do it. They're going to name a gun Yeet Cannon. Yeet Cannon, yeah. Right. And they said you could just put, like, YC and then the number. And so everyone who knows what YC stands for is, like, in on the joke. No, I heard it was going to be written out. Oh, really? That's okay. What, that's uh, Matt's what like a, a big gun guy. What okay. is a yeet? I don't think we can talk about it on uh, oh on talk radio. Really? As, uh, is as it I really understand, a thing? yeah. As I understand okay. the definition, now of course there is the Urban Dictionary, which is always where you want to go when you hear some obscure or even non-obscure thing being thrown around. Uh, okay, so. Oh, well, there's different definitions. I thought here. it was just an exclamation that millennials use. Okay. See, I thought it had to do with ejaculation, but uh, that's you know. skeet. Oh, well, so clearly I, <laughs> I got those two confused. Well, anyway, you're younger than I am, um, yeah. so I was expecting you to sort of know what a yeet cannon. No, was, I don't know what most of these up. words are. I have to consult Urban Dictionary. Can you can you read the definition for yeet on air? Or is that like? Uh, yeah, I think you can. Just read uh, the first one, then. That's usually the best one. So, definition one here is to discard an item at high velocity. Which would make sense for a gun in okay. that case. Uh, definition two, yeet is a versatile word that can be used as an exclamation verb or even a noun. As an exclamation, it can be used to express excitement, uh, usually happily but also nervously. It can also be used as an exclamation of victory or as a battle cry or focus shout while throwing or hitting something. Uh, that's my understanding. That's when when I hear that word, that's the definition that comes to my mind. Like while you're throwing something? It's, well, no, that's more just, just an exclamation. I see. Like, or, yeah. you know. Like, yes. Something like that. Yeah, okay. So, anyway, I just thought that was a funny aside <laughs> of uh, yet another inter- internet vote uh, that uh, r- went pretty ridiculous. Did it? Because that, that could make them real popular real quick. All right. The next, uh, the next abuse. They have banned, shadow banned, throttled, and demonetized both users and content based on political considerations, exercising their enormous corporate power to influence elections globally. I just heard on uh, the news today that Twitter's got some new plot to, I guess, somehow, de- I don't know. They they're going to put a warning label on Donald Trump. They're going to put some kind of a warning label on Trump. They're also going to make it so some of his tweets just don't show up in places where they did before. So Interesting. That's they're, what I heard. They're, they're probably going to be a public outcry for that because they they work so hard to get his tweets listed as you know official political uh, discourse mm-hmm. that they couldn't take it down because that was, you know... It had to be preserved by his presidential speech. Right. They're going so to make if, it a little harder to see them, though, I guess. Now. Okay. And and I wonder if the fight's going to be with the same reason from the other side, that now they can't take him down because Yeah, they they're not going to take him down. And then they, they did well, make the statement it, yeah. that because they may be relevant, uh, exactly. to leave them up. But if you can't see it, and they're not, and they're, you know, people will be complaining that they're not showing it to me. They're censoring the president in my feed type yeah. of thing. Well, I mean, all he has to do is just announce that he's going to go to a different platform, and then that's the end of that conflict. The real Donald Trump on Mastodon? Is that there it? you go. <laughs> Someone uh, do that quick before he takes it. So what else? Uh, 
What do we need to know here? They have adopted algorithms for user feeds that highlights the most controversial content, making civic discussion more emotional and irrational, and making it possible for foreign powers to exercise an unmerited influence on elections globally. So I do agree that that's the case, is that, uh, you know, as a result... Obviously, they want more clicks, and clicks means controversy. We we know it here on radio, and that's you know that's just that. So yeah, they do that. You don't like it? Get off their platform. So here I we guess. Go. Yeah. I mean, it's the best thing I can say. I mean, this is certainly not as life or death as the actual Declaration of Independence, where people were being you know slaughtered and taxed and you know forced against their will to do things. I mean, there's no doubt that. It's hard to defend a lot of what these big companies have done, but Mark's solution, of course, is an easy one. I mean, not necessarily easy. It's simple uh, to simply go somewhere else and use a different alternative, something open source, something free, uh, something like you mentioned Mastodon, which is a great alternative to Twitter that essentially does everything that Twitter does, but it does it with uh, open source and it does it in a, a decentralized federated manner about every fourth time i post on facebook i regret it really (laughs) well yeah i mean it's a it's a relatively um you know negative experience you mean as far as like comments and that kind of thing right i mean i could spend all day explaining to these idiots what their uh their 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 stupidity i could why would i do that you know here i've i've got uh, you got 80 years on the planet and i've burned up 48 of them at this point uh trying to explain to idiots how they're wrong i'm not going to spend the (laughs) next 30 or so doing it again it's entertainment value you can do that you could watch a movie you could play video games okay um do you want me to continue with the list of abuses okay they have required agreements to terms of services that are impossible for ordinary users to understand and which yeah. are objectionably vague in ways that permit them to legally defend their exploitative practices. Well, let's be clear. That's been going on for long before, you know, Facebook or Google. I mean, every corporation has had terms of service on its products, whether it be your cell phone company or, you know, the whatever other service or product you might be getting. Terms of service service have just become more obvious with the internet because they're all over the place. They're more common, you know, that you would you would notice that they even exist in the first And most people place. don't read them at all because no, you, 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 you want to use the software, you just click through and right. then that's the end of it. I mean, you don't have a whole day to sit there and try to parse through pages and pages Legally of legalese. Contract. Yeah, they have marketed. But it's not. It's not a contract. I'd like to point that out. It's just terms of service. Okay. They have marketed private data to advertisers in ways that no one would specifically assent to. They have failed to provide clear ways to opt out of such marketing schemes. Yeah, I got an email. Like I was saying, I was going through like a, a month of backlogged emails uh, today, and there's this uh, exchange, like in one of these uh, crypto exchanges called Yobit, and they're like one of the worst exchanges I've ever used. And their emails say unsubscribe, click the link below, and there's nothing below it. There's <laughs> nothing. You cannot unsubscribe from their uh, from their list. Is it in a different colored font? Is it like white it's on just white? Not, it's okay. just not. I mean, I, I didn't think to highlight to see if it was in a white color, but it's there's nothing there. I, I, like, you know, I, I did mouse over yeah. it, and there was no link uh, beneath uh, that area. We'll continue here with more of the grievances against these various different uh, internet mega corporations. The abuses suffered. And what is the declaration going to say? That's coming up, too. And would you sign it? We'll find all that out coming up here. 855-450-FREE. That's 855-450-3733. You can join us here on the radio. This is the live Sunday edition of Free Talk Live. 
It's Free Talk Live, and you can bring up what you want here. Just dial in toll-free. Take control of the airwaves. We're talking about a digital declaration of independence as written by a former Wikipedia founder. Now, maybe it was a group effort. I'm not sure who all was involved, but that's the guy who uh, is writing this piece that you're sharing with us. And is this posted on Wikipedia, or where are you where are you getting this uh, from? The original place that I got it from was Zero Hedge, and then oh, okay. linked through someplace else. But I just took the Zero Hedge article. Gotcha. So we're going to continue with that, uh, and also want to make sure you know about my magic mud. It's a black tooth powder made of charcoalized coconut shells and bentonite clay. And Mark, you swear by my magic mud. I love it. Um, I really think it's uh, just the the best stuff. I think that if anybody takes oral health seriously, that you've got to try this product. And I mean, then at that point, you can determine it for yourself. If you've, you know, you bought one bottle of my magic mud, you've used it halfway through and you're like, ah, you know, I mean, I don't think you'll come to that conclusion but at the very least, you've tried it. Well, the conclusion you came to, and it says here it's clinically proven, is to whiten teeth. Yep. The, the conclusion I came to is, is that I will not be without it. Mm. Uh, I have had been using it for going on a decade at this point, and I have not had a time in my life other than like travel and forgetting you know, to bring a, you know, a canister with me or whatever. Mm-hmm. I've had, not had a time in my life without it. They've expanded uh, quite a bit since we first knew them from uh, their family you know, making this stuff in their, their garage or wherever it was inside their home uh, and bringing it to the Porcupine <laughs> Freedom Festival. They're now available in most health food stores, Sprouts, CVS, Natural Grocers, and even Walmart's Natural Beauty Aisle. You can save 20%, however, by just going to MyMagicMud.com and using code FTL20. That's FTL like Free Talk Live, 20FTL20 at MyMagicMud.com. They've got more than just their original My Magic Mud uh, tooth powder. They've got toothpaste, they've got mouthwash, and other products that they've come out with in recent years as well. So check them out at MyMagicMud.com. As we continue here, uh, we were, Richie, you were sharing with us yep. the preface to uh, the Declaration of Digital Independence. Yep. I also say real quick, My Magic Mud is at my local Walmart. So while wow. I was there, I picked up the toothpaste and used it this morning. But don't do that because it doesn't give Free Talk Live any credit. <laughs> so if you go to mymagicmud.com well, and well, use Well, I picked up the toothpaste. Yeah. But you is the sale is it 20% off the paste 20% or just off the powder? the whole the whole well, site. Yeah, anything, anything that you want there. Um, I thought it was just the powder, which nope. I already have. Yeah, yeah I, I I say but get still, the, that's super cool that it yeah. is there. Get the product. Yeah. And you know, whatever, you send me an email, you get the product, I'll be happy to uh, forward it off to the folks that sure. uh, you know that, that make these decisions. Well, next time I know that now you know, but I just happened. I was you like, were there. Yeah. I, I was there. there I was is. like, I'm there. I'm going to go check it out. Yeah. You know, it cool. was it was wasn't hard to find. It was you know the the beauty aisle wasn't as mm-hmm. big as I you know expected to be, but there it was. And I went. Oh, I've already got the powder. Let me try this toothpaste, and we'll see how it works. Killer, killer. Yep. With right, what so, uh, what flavor toothpaste? I like the peppermint. Cinnamon. Okay, I haven't tried that one yet. Okay. I'm a big on the clove. Okay. Yeah, it's very traditional. Mm-hmm. Um, even like. Middle Ages uh, serfs would use cloves if they could get them for uh, oral care. It, it actually has a numbing effect, too. Really? Interesting. Yeah. Well, when I run out of that tube, I will get another right. one and try, try a different it. flavor. Yeah, Maybe absolutely. you'll like it. Not yeah. everybody does. I, I, I did like the one I tried this morning, so we'll see. All right, more from the uh, grievances. The grievances, yes. The, the long train of abuses suffered. Uh, they have subjected users to such terms and surveillance, even when users pay them for products... <laughs> And services. They have data mined user content and behavior in sophisticated and disturbing ways, 
learning sometimes more about their users than their users know about themselves, they have profited from this hidden but personal information. They have avoided using strong end-to-end encryption when users have had a right to expect total privacy in order to retain access to user data. They have amassed stunning quantities of user data while failing to follow sound information security practices Mm. such as encryption. So many uh, leaks, you know, the uh, Facebook leaks and various different companies being hacked and having all kinds of credit card information coming out. It's just been this long uh, trail of just violating people's uh, privacy. And here's the the worst part of that one. They have inadvertently or deliberately opened that data to both illegal attack and government surveillance. Mm -hmm. They have unfairly blocked accounts, posts, and means of funding on political or religious grounds, preferring the loyalty of some users over others. When when you're saying that uh, they've left people's security open, I mean, you could pay a company to give you security and they could still fail at doing it. It's not like... You know, it's not like yeah. failure isn't written into anything that's done in life. Sure. Well, but what's the compensation for failure when you put your trust in someone to do There's something? none. Stop putting your trust in people that give well. you crap for free. <laughs> okay, then. <laughs> they have sometimes been too ready to cooperate. <laughs> when you continue, like, look, if something's going to change, something's got to change. And it isn't them it's you, you. Mm-hmm. or okay. us or, you know, whomever I'm. Uh, well, but is- even if you're paying for the service, let's say you were paying LavaBit or something like that sure. for a secure email service and they, they botch it up and they release their, you know, accidentally release the key to their cryptography. And sure. then all of a sudden some hackers got all your emails. You know, then what is that worth? Is that worth the $10 a month that you paid them for a year? Do you get that refunded or is that worth a million dollars because you had the KFC recipe uh, in your email box and that got, you know, how do you determine what the value yeah, of that loss is. is very difficult well, to quantify. let's talk about the biggest one was experian the their whole data that you you didn't opt into had no control over right and yet all of a sudden we're potentially financially damaged big time mm-hmm. because that's your entire credit rating you know available to anyone who can access it yeah experian was, man um any of those credit <laughs> rating agencies Right. You you didn't opt in or well, yeah. opt out. You don't that. own that data. Yeah. You right. opted into it by doing business with companies all across your life. And those companies shared that information and or sold that information. Uh, you kind of know it when you take when you do a credit app, though. I mean, you should know it. You should but it's know not it. Crystal clear. No, it's not crystal clear now. And it's also not just credit apps. It's all kinds of data gets gobbled up by these, you know, data companies that yeah. then resell that information. Yeah, most people getting a job, right, subject to a background check. Where does that information go? Where does it come mm-hmm. from? Where does it come from? E verify, right? That's a open that's up gonna a phone. Be a whole ne- yeah, yeah. Go ahead. All right. They have sometimes been too ready to cooperate with the despotic governments that both control information and surveil their people. They have failed to yes. provide adequate and yes. desirable yes. options. Absolutely. Is, I'm just curious, and just on a timing question here, is the actual declaration longer than the list of grievances, or is it relatively short by comparison? Uh, short by comparison. Okay, I good. can skip to it if you like it. That's well, why I, I I'm asked. still curious. I mean, I okay. just want to make sure we get, get to the actual declaration before the end. They have failed the to show. provide users adequate tools for searching their own content, forcing mm-hmm. users rather to employ interfaces insultingly inadequate for the purpose. They have exploited users and volunteers who freely contribute data to their sites by making such data available to others only via paid application program interfaces and privacy-violating terms of service 
failing to make such freely contributed data free and open source and disallowing users to anonymize their data and opt out easily. Hmm. They have failed to provide adequate tools and sometimes any tools to export user data in a common data standard. They have created artificial silos for their own profit. They have failed to provide means to incorporate the hell is an artificial silo for your own profit. I'm not sure what that means. I, I keep grains in yeah. silos. Uh, as a matter of fact, I have very few silos. Farmville. They're yeah. mad about Farmville. Yeah, I don't know. I, don't, I have no idea. Uh, we, we got more coming up here. How many more grievances on this? Uh... Two more grievances okay. and then the principles that they want to establish. All right. 855-450-FREE. That's 855-450-3733. As we continue here, and I, I wonder if there's like a website where you can go and sign this thing. Does it give that later? We'll find out. Uh, coming up here in moments. This yeah. is Free Talk Live. LRN.FM now has a Discord. Discord is a free text and voice chat platform, and we now have our own server with a bunch of channels at Discord.LRN.FM. You can join other listeners as they chat about various things during our live shows, or anytime, day or night. Discord software is available cross-platform, so you can have it on whatever device you want and take your chats anywhere. Join our Discord at Discord.LRN.FM. That's Discord.LRN.FM. It is Free Talk Live. You're invited here. If you want to join us, the toll-free number is 855-450-FREE. That's 855-450-3733. We do have the Discord on our call-in line rooms over at discord.lrn.fm. If you want to comment on the Digital Declaration of Independence, which we haven't gotten to yet, uh, we've been getting through the uh, the preface and then the grievances against these various corporate mega-corporations that uh, have a tremendous amount of influence in Internet matters. And uh, some of these are legitimate concerns that uh, that, that we've gone through here. This is being shared through Zero Hedge, that website, but there is apparently also a a site on which one could go and uh, lend one's name to said declaration, which we're going to get to the rest of it coming up here in a moment. And I also want to uh, let you know about our channel over on DLive at dlive.lrn.fm. Now that we're back from the Porcupine Freedom Festival and uh, and ForkFest, because we took like basically almost two weeks off of, of doing video streaming. So I think that uh, that actually was somewhat damaging to our, our audience there. Uh, but we're still there. We've got video streams up during our live shows. You can go to dlive.lrn.fm. We were just given the uh, verified partner status on DLive. So thank you uh, to them for that. And we'll continue to uh, to broadcast on that platform at least until we get banned which is kind of what we're talking about here with these different uh, organizations these different corporations making arbitrary decisions and uh, you know punishing users and putting all kinds of ridiculous restrictions on accounts and no privacy and being obedient to the government and you know that's a, a short version of this list but let's continue uh, Richie all right, so I'm going to read the last one over again because there was more, and then we got cut off with the silos. Okay. Uh, they have created artificial silos for their own profit. They have failed to provide means to incorporate similar content served from elsewhere as part of their interface, forcing users to stay within their networks and cutting them off from family, friends, and associates who use other networks. <laughs> they have profited. That's kind of their thing. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. you know, that's what Facebook does. Facebook wants to be your place to go on the internet they're they're basically at one point i think they could claim to be half of the internet 
I don't know what people well, are doing in a lot these of places, days. There are, they are the internet, right? What's that? Like, in a lot of places, Facebook is the internet. Yeah. Like, that's the that's where people They're offering go. free yeah. connectivity to people in, you know, rotten places around the world, and those people are availing themselves of that. You really can't blame anybody in this particular scenario. Nope. I mean, I pay, I don't know what, but somewhere around 100 bucks uh, a month to, in order to get the internet and then i go to facebook sometimes <laughs> and whereas these people are going to facebook for free they have profited from the content and activity of users often without sharing any of these profits with their users they have treated users arrogantly as a fungible resource to be exploited and controlled rather than being treated respectfully as free independent and diverse partners yeah i i think that uh, users have to act like free, diverse, whatevers, if they're going to have that happen. Because if you can offer a service, and that's what these companies do, and then people come and use that service, then why in the world should they, uh, you know, why in the world should people, uh, should should companies change the way they do things if people aren't demanding more? Yeah. Well, Not and, enough. And people. they shouldn't. That was one of the conversations we had last week, Sunday, when I was here, was, you know, Facebook being like the only game in town. And my point at that time was, well, they're not, right? They're just, they just happen to be the most popular ones. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of competition coming up in, in many different providers um, to f- for social network activity, and people just don't migrate, right? You know, why should I migrate away from Facebook when no one's there? Well, because you have to start, and then, but then you, then you spend the extra work posting in two places until everyone catches up with you. I did find a definition of silo when it comes to the digital world. Uh-huh. According to Technopedia.com, a silo in the IT world is an isolated point in a system where data is kept and segregated from other parts of the architecture. IT professionals often talk about silos in a negative way because the free flow of data is so important in most enterprise systems. So if that gives you a little bit of an okay. insight into what they were talking about, walling off data into you know yeah. a silo. All right. So that's the end of the grievances. All we, right. We have begged and pleaded complained and resorted to the law the executive failed <laughs> the executives of the corporations must be familiar with these common complaints but they acknowledge them publicly only rarely and grudgingly mm-hmm. the ill treatment continues showing that most of such executives are not fit stewards of the public trust so it sounds like this may be going in a positive direction where people are i'm gonna guess here like again i have not read this where okay begging hasn't worked shaming these companies hasn't worked um Here's an idea. Create the alternative. Go to the alternative that you have created. And if it doesn't exist yet, then you know, go ahead and start making it. I think that may be where they're going to go with this. I don't but, know if they have the alternative listed, um, but they definitely it have may not the, exist yet. Right, but they have cases. the principles in yeah. which those alternatives right. should. It be needs based. to be decentralized in a way that can't be controlled by one person right. or one a group of people mm-hmm. or whatever. And. You know, that's not what people are talking about on the Internet. And what I see, by and large, is people don't, um, you know, most people on Facebook just don't care about these kind of things. However, I see nothing wrong with creating a declaration of digital independence and saying this is what you should want, ladies and gentlemen. Mm-hmm. We're seeing more people caring these days. I yeah. think. We're seeing more people opting out, more people who've been on Facebook for years. I was on a decade before I finally, you know, well, started Well, you fully to- opted out. But there's a lot of yeah. people who just don't do on Facebook, what they used to do. Yeah, a lot of people are cutting back. Uh, yep. Rich Paul's a good example of that. He's got a no Facebook uh, icon on his profile and is which he posts yeah. a lot to. Yeah, with, well, with the- <laughs> he hasn't quit. He's just you know advocating people leave. 
Anyway, go ahead. All right. The most reliable guarantee of our privacy, security, and free speech is not in the form of any enterprise, organization, or government, but instead the free agreement among free individuals to use common standards and protocols. The vast, vast power wielded by social networks of the early 21st century, putting our digital rights in serious jeopardy, demonstrates that we must engineer new but old-fashioned decentralized <laughs> networks that make such clear, clearly dangerous concentrations of power impossible. Therefore, we declare our support for the following principles. So th- is this the principles or the declaration? This is their declaring their support for these principles. The declaration comes after the principles? The, well, sure. If you Okay. Yeah. Just trying to understand the structure here. (laughs) We free individuals should be able to publish our data freely without having to answer to any corporation. We declare that we legally own our own data. We possess both legal and moral rights to control our data. Number three, posts that appear on social networks should be able to be served like email and blogs from many independent services that we individually control rather than from databases that corporations exclusively control or from any central repository. Just as no one has the right to eavesdrop on private conversations in homes without extraordinarily good reasons, so also the privacy rights of users must be preserved against criminal, corporate, corporate, and governmental monitoring. Therefore, for private content, the protocols must support strong end-to-end encryption and other good privacy practices. So um, I, I would say that, yes, you have the right to privacy when you believe you have the right to privacy, but, I mean... Uh, so I'm, tr- I'm trying to compare this in my mind to sort of the telephone company. When you're on a telephone call, you're thinking to yourself, well, it's just me and this other person talking. But ultimately, I guess the telephone company could listen in. Absolutely. They can tap your line. Well, they used to run the switch. Right? They still do. <laughs> so when you're typing out online a direct message on Facebook or something, they use that information to serve you an ad in the mm-hmm. next uh, session. I don't. You know, for one, they're trying to serve you better. But if the government's using you mean serve it, you advertisements better. Well, look, man, how do you do products make your life better? There's nothing inherently wrong with advertising and no, no. You know, serving people advertising. I'll go one further. Advertising, if done well, is an asset to your life. Sure, that's fine. Um, but that's not what he's talking about. He's talking about getting away from these centralized services and moving towards decentralized services. Right. I think that you know many of these people ground up rather than top down. Yeah, I basically. think that many of these people complain about uh, corporations more than they should. Uh, more than they should. And well, I suspect Wikipedia less. is a corporation as well. But uh, we'll continue here in moments. Our toll free number is eight fifty five four fifty free. So far, I like a lot of what I've heard here, and and hopefully coming from this big source like this. Uh, somebody influential, he's probably going to get some people s- to sign on to this, and maybe we'll see some new developments, uh, new software being developed that comes out of this sort of push. Based on these principles. Which would be nice. And there's more to them coming yep. up here in moments. 855-450, free like freedom. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. Moments remain here. If you want to join us, you may. Our toll-free number is 855-450-FREE. Live Sunday edition of the show. We're talking about the Digital Declaration of Independence. And uh, with you in the studio tonight, it's Ian. Richie Rich. And Mark. Now, Richie, are we going to be able to get through this uh, declaration I here? will read as fast as I can. Okay. Uh, let's, uh, let's continue with this from one of the founders of Wikipedia. They're not happy with 
a lot of the uh, privacy violations of these mega corporations on the internet, among other things. We went through the list of grievances earlier in the hour. If you're just tuning in, then you can grab the full show archive later tonight over at freetalklive.com to hear the rest of it. All right. Uh, this is the list of principles. We're on number five. As in the case with the internet domain system, list of available user feeds should be restricted by technical standards and protocols only, never according to user identity or content. Number six, social media applications. Does that mean you can't be banned because of who you are? You know, like Alex Jones kind of thing? Could be, yeah. Okay. It's only the technical standards. Social media applications should be should make available data input by the user at the sole at the user's sole discretion to be distributed by all other publishers according to common global standards and protocols, just as our email and blogs, with no publisher being privileged by the network above another. Applications with idiosyncratic standards violate the user's digital rights. Number seven, accordingly, social media applications should aggregate posts from multiple independent data sources as determined by the user and in an order determined by the user's preferences. Number eight, no corporation or small group of corporations should control the standards and protocols or of decentralized networks, nor should there be a single brand, owner, proprietary software, or internet location associated with them as that would constitute centralization. Does this make anybody else's eyes glaze over? I mean, it's a little techy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I just, I don't know what. I heard. I don't even know what I'm supposed to be outraged over at this point. This is not the outrage part. This is the principles of which this net. This let's jump system. to the actual declaration. It's getting a little bit into the weeds. I okay. think. Well, there's only one more. You okay. Want the last one. Yeah. Users should expect to be able to participate in the new networks and enjoy the rights above enumerated without special technical skills. They should have very easy-to-use control over privacy, both fine and coarse-grained, with the most private message encrypted automatically and using tools for controlling feeds and search results that are easy for non-technical people I do to agree use. with that. I think that uh, tech, people who are not technical should have uh, the ability to send encrypted you know, messages without having to learn this. Look, PHP takes some time. You, you've got yes. to... You know, it's not an easy thing. Simple, but it's not an easy thing to necessarily do yeah. for the average person. It's pretty much out of their grasp. Um, so tools that can decentralize, tools that can uh, add encryption and do it in a relatively transparent manner, I think I think that's these are good ideas. So we hold that to embrace... This is it. This is this the is, actual de- yes. re- declaration. Okay, we it. hold that to embrace these principles is to return to the sounder and better practices of the earlier internet in mm-hmm. which we were, after all, the foundation for the brilliant rock of the internet anyone who opposes these principles opposes the internet itself thus we pledge to code design and participate in newer and better networks that follow these principles and to eschew the older controlling and soon to be outmoded networks we bravo we therefore the undersigned people of the internet do solemnly publish and declare that we will do all we can to create decentralized social networks that as many of us as possible should distribute, discuss, and sign their names to this document, that we endorse the preceding statement on principles of decentralization, that we will judge Mm -hmm. the social media companies by these principles, that we will demonstrate our solidarity to the cause by abandoning abusive networks if necessary, and that we... Both users and developers will advance the cause of a more decentralized internet and then the link to sign the petition. Bravo. I got to say, I mean, I think that sounds really good. Would you sign it? Uh, yeah, sure. As, I would, as a, I would as sign a, that. As a, as a content p- uh, provider? Yeah. yeah, I would sign that. I can't sign it. I have no way to help these people do whatever it is they want to do. I mean, it said users. Yeah, I'm so a user. So the, the user would help by joining a decentralized platform. So I've signed make- up for Mastodon. Haven't figured out how to use it yet. 
You must not have tried that hard. I mean, I tried it's like a little Twitter. bit. You type in a thing and you press send. I wanted to see what other people sent. Anytime someone comes at me with a new social media, I just I create an account and then I see where it goes. And usually within a couple of weeks, no one's publishing it. Yeah. And I migrate back to Facebook because that's where everyone stays. Yeah. But if if you know if we're committing to this and we're like we're all going to move away, then yeah, I'll do a publish for you know until mo- more people migrate over to that one. Mm-hmm. You know, back in the day, I had a MySpace page and a Facebook account at the same time, and then I. Did everything on both until Facebook started to creep on ahead and everyone stopped using MySpace and that was it. So I'm not I'm not locked in to anything, right? I'm not, I, I don't have to be controlled right. by anyone. I just want to be where, you know, the audience is and my friends are. And if they move with me, then let's all move together. That's the thing is getting everybody getting people to, move, to together. move together. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You've got to have people who are willing to take the step first and kind of show people, hey, it's okay. The water's fine over here. Look, I'm here. Here's posts. Yeah. You know, you can, come, you can come over here. It's fine. Uh, but like you said, if it's a lonely experience, eventually you're going to give up on it. If people aren't coming over, yeah. then that's a problem. I've and got maybe a Minds they... account. I've got a, uh, I had a Gab account for a little bit, MeWe. Like... Now, these are all other centralized platforms, so you really haven't solved the problem by using another centralized platform. I'm on right? FSP Hub. Um, What's that? I don't know. For, uh, I, it's, <laughs> well... it's decentralized in some form because uh, I'm, I'm linked up to the Free Talk Alive account, whoever manages that. On whatever FSP uh, hub is that the Free State Project? It's one of it's it's decentralized. So we want to thank whatever listeners running the Free Talk Live hub on the FSP, Wait, FSP hub whatever, or Free Talk I, Live hub. Whatever I am. No, it's idea. I'm a, it's FSP hub. I think dot org, but it's decentralized. So is it like a social media thing? It's a, yeah. Oh, okay, but it, but Free Talk Live is on one of the other nodes huh. that might not be FSP hub. I, I don't see. know. Well, which we can't one. be uh, connected, uh, uh, you know, with uh, the FSPs. So. <laughs> For whatever reason, but it's there, right? And one of the first posts is like, we don't use this platform very often. If you want to link with us, then mm, go to our website. Go to these other yeah. places. Yeah. Yep, there's something there at FSP.org. FSP.org is their normal website. FSPHub.org. Oh, okay. Yeah. Gotcha. So, huh. like, you want me there? I'll be there. But you got to, you know, we all have to contribute to, to keep us all there is right on. really the bottom line. Well, I uh, am off Facebook now for more than a year, and it has been a positive uh, experience. I did leave up uh, a post on Facebook for several months uh, informing people of where they could find other posts. Letting letting everybody know I'm not on Facebook. Yeah, it's important to let people know if you're going to be going away from a platform where there's a large potential audience, even though Facebook does neuter uh, your posts and doesn't actually end up showing them to the people that have said they wanted to follow uh, said pages or posts or whatever. So I think this is a good plan. Does it mention what the website is, or should one just go and search for digital? Uh, what was it? Declaration digital of independence. Declaration of Independence. Uh, I I mean I could have followed the link, but I I you know printed it up differently so I could read it. Yeah, let's see here. I'm not seeing anything that's particularly jumping out at me. Let here. me see then. Declure.org is the top result for that. That's not exactly an easy. Easy to read one here. March uh, from Wired. Anyway, let's go to David. He's on the line in New Mexico. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello there. Yeah, modifying what I was going to say to fit into the format you've created. Um, there are, I think there is a simpler way to discuss what you've been discussing in a more detailed fashion, and that is that I, I have a right, okay? I have a right to talk to Ian. You know, so in uh, 2,000 years ago, we're standing face-to-face, we're talking. we got a right to do that. If you come along and invent technology that gets widely adopted, that makes it so that nobody stands face-to-face anymore and talks to each other, they pick up the telephone and dial, I still have my same basic right 
to talk to Ian if, if he wants to talk to me. We have a right to talk face-to-face like that. And if you come along and bring in this technology, then we have a right to use it. doesn't mean you have to provide it for free, but you can't mm-hmm. stop my – you can't interfere with my basic right to say whatever I want to to Ian as long as he's willing to hear it um, because you happen to have been super successful with the newest round of technology. And, and if you want to do analogies, trans, uh, uh, transfer the whole line of thinking to transportation, for instance. You know, in the old days, everybody walked because they didn't have a horse, they didn't have a bicycle, et cetera, et cetera. Then somebody came along and was wide, wildly successful with internal combustion engines in the wheel. And so nobody walks 20 miles to get whatever, to do whatever. They, they get in the car and drive. We still have the same basic right to transport ourselves to wherever we need to get to without you having an undue burden on us in order to do so. In other words, just because you invented the car doesn't mean that we now have to have your permission to drive down the roadway. The roadway belongs, yeah. Once the idea is out there, and well, this is one of the reasons why libertarians are, I think real libertarians are against intellectual property, uh, because once an idea is released to the world, then anybody else should be able to pick up that idea and run with it and add to it and make newer, better things off of it, and everyone benefits from that. What if you invented the DMV and all of a sudden handed out permission slips to drive 20 miles in that vehicle? Who's to stop you then? Wait, inventing the DMV? Well, because you got to go down the DMV and get your license if yeah. you want to. If you want to, if you want to drive along that twenty miles to get to where you want to go without being, you know, potentially harassed and molested by the police. Yeah, right. whoever invented that crap shouldn't be uh, forgotten in history, and I suspect they already have. Uh, hey, uh, we're going to put the link up to this declaration. It's on change.org. We'll put that on our social media over at twitter.freetalklive.com, the decentralized Mastodon platform over at toot.freetalklive.com, also telegram.freetalklive.com. It'll appear there in just moments. We'll see you tomorrow night online. In the meantime, freetalklive.com. And uh, more coming up tomorrow. Would you like to hang out with Penn Gillette? He's keynoting Freedom Fest this year. I, for one, am thrilled. Freedom Fest is the largest liberty-oriented gathering in the world. They take a Big Ten approach with libertarians, conservatives, liberals, anarchists, capitalists, and just open-minded people mingling together to hear real debates, share real solutions, and converse freely. This year's theme is the Wild West, a time of liberty and opportunity, or a time of anarchy and violence. Maybe both. Go to freedomfest.com FTL and get your tickets now. Now, freedomfest.com slash FTL. Not convinced yet? Hey, I understand. It's a high-end event. Even with coupon code FTL50. Sure, you're likely to receive investment advice that'll make that sum seem paltry. But I have something special for you. Go to freedomfest.com slash FTL and you'll get the five best speeches from last year for free. Call it a test drive. Do yourself a favor and go to freedomfest.com slash FTL. Freedomfest.com slash FTL. Use coupon code FTL50 for a discount.